have I got a story for you. It's an escape for her, music. Composing it allows her to express emotions words cannot or are more difficult to. It started with a piano in a basement, no audience. Then, for a moment, it was all about the blue check mark. But now, it's all about her being her. Before, dear listeners, we get to know more about her, let's get to know today's sponsor, Andre Psyche. AndrePsyche.com is dead. Gone. You won't find it. But Andre Psyche can be found on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. He is alive and thriving. You see, Andre's adopted a minimalistic lifestyle for materialistic things like mattresses, websites, cars, his hair. However, my man's creative libido is fully stimulated, nowhere near minimalistic, and viewable on most social media platforms. Andre is a freelance creator extraordinaire, someone who makes music, poetry, art, clothing, and lives to make others feel good. Search him up. It's Andre Psyche, P-S-Y-C-H-E. The next time you are looking to friend or follow someone outside of your social circle. We are also brought to you by String, thin, simple, and only limited by your mind. Go on a spiderwebbed, obsessive journey with me, dear listeners. Picture those pictures posted on a dank basement wall, being tied together with thoughts, except there are no words, no letters, no writing, just string. Think about that. String. Simple twine tying together and being the connective manifestation of your conspiracy theory. Go down a rabbit hole and take string with you. We here at the Getting to Know You pod need your help. Our sound recording equipment is in dire need of upgrading because we don't fucking have any, and we're hoping that you would be kind enough to help. Please support the Getting to Know You pod by going to our Patreon and subscribe for as little as $2 a month. Your support will help better the quality of the podcast and is very much appreciated. Don't have that kind of scratch, but you still want to help? You can push the subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to the Getting to Know You pod on. You can also friend and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can go to Apple and write a review. All of those things will cost you nothing but your time. And finally, we are looking for sponsors and advertisers. If you or someone you know has a business or brand and would like to expand your market reach, consider partnering with us. We get to know people from all around the world. The podcast is downloaded coast to coast in the United States and in countries like Canada, the UK, Australia, just to name drop a few of my favorites. So, if you or someone you know are looking to get more traffic to your site, more followers on your social, more purchases of your product, more clicks on your whatever, just message us. And now, getting to know you. Hello. Getting to know I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you, getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you, putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. On today's show, we are getting to know Paige. And Paige, I have serious doubts that I'm going to be able to match your energy for the entire podcast. <laughs> I got to be honest. <laughs> I don't know about that. You bring, you're, you're giving good energy right now. It might not be like hype, but it's good energy. I'm 
Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Thank you so much for, um, man, I think we were like playing email cat and mouse and like messaging through each other through like Instagram. And then it's just awesome that you were able to take the time and support it on um, the podcast. Yeah, I really for sure. It. For sure. I love being able to chat with people about music. I think it's such a huge thing, especially in such a digital world right now. We're so used to just putting the music out and not talking about it now. So, yeah. So that's, Actually, something really interesting, and I've done a couple podcasts with local artists where it was almost like that VH1 behind the music, right? where I took their originals, and they were mostly cover band people, but they had originals that don't really get played because when they go to bars and they're just trying to make money with their music, they don't get to play their originals because they're not as well known. Right. And I was amazed by the stories that you got to get into on a podcast where it was just like, hey, here's five, ten minutes. Tell me about what inspired this track. Right. Yeah. You'd be surprised about a lot of that stuff. Like, yeah, it's just it's crazy to think about an industry where you have to worry about. I mean, we're in 2021 and we're still worrying about singing original songs in a venue and getting paid for it. So, yeah, I think it's crazy to listen to band stories about how, how all that, you know, goes down and how, di- how everyone's story is so different and why they love music is so different. Dude, and I, um, it was, I think it was, it was Laura Lee where I listened to a song and I just like for shits and giggles, I was like, all right, I'm going to tell you what I think you went through for the song. And then you tell me how wrong I am. <laughs> and like, could not, I, it was so different how I connected with songs versus how the song came to be or was like inspired. But yeah, I think, I think that's such a beautiful thing. Cause I think it is both think naturally when a, a person is writing their own shit, like, you know, they are obviously they're going through what they're writing about. But I think oftentimes people think that songwriters write for themselves, but in reality, like we write, so you guys can, you know, we're, we're literally writing out, our pain on paper so you can talk about your pain without talking about it to the rest of the world like we are if that makes any sense no that actually that's very thoughtful and insightful i hadn't like really considered it i'd considered more like oh i got broken up with so i'm gonna express a breakup and you can connect to it but it's an interesting thing to take on like that almost seems like a lot of extra pressure to be like let me help people feel good and feel better through my music it is the, <laughs> sometimes it is the best pressure and sometimes it is the worst pressure. Cause like, I remember, uh, Justin Bieber posted something. When was this? I think it was last year, actually. Well, last year or 2019 about being on tour and just talking about his highs and lows. It might've been last year. Cause I think everybody was talking about all the dark shit they were going through. Um, and he mentioned, he was just like, you know, people, constantly see our highs but they never see our lows because our highs are what we have to give to the audience because in this in a sense like yes musicianship is a very selfish it is let's be real it is a self-centered career yeah you're a rock star right you're the center of the solar yeah, system it's a self-centered 100 self-centered career but in a lot of ways it's it's not the self-centered that people think that it is. And why I say that is people automatically think a musician is arrogant, all these different things, you know, name it, uh, conceited, cocky, all the titles that anybody can give to someone that is short of themselves. Um, I think oftentimes the world perceives uh, the musician 
that way, not realizing that we put ourselves on pedestals because we are unsure of ourselves. It's not because that we want, yes, some people do want that fame and that glory, but that's, I think sometimes that separates like musicianship from artists sometimes, not always, but sometimes. So that's, I hadn't thought about that. Can you tell me a little more putting yourself on a pedestal? Cause you're unsure of yourself. That, yeah. That's such a great oxymoron. It's like you write. It is such a great oxymoron. <laughs> I don't know what it is for other people, but for me, it feels that way. It feels as though, like, I've always known that I wanted to do music. I've always wanted to 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 be on a stage. Um, but when I when that first desire came was when I was like a kid, and naturally, as a kid, you just you. I mean, you you think things have the purest hearts, but you don't know better. So naturally, I was like, I want to be a famous singer. Blah blah blah. I want to be just like Beyonce, and that changed after church for me which was a good thing um i i just realized that i wanted to sing for god oh. <laughs> i feel like that needed to be a moment where like the stars open up or something horns um, horns and trumpets just yeah out. horns and trumpets some shit yeah it, it's it was a long journey of me discovering that and honestly i think it ended on the voice of that discovery of that person um not necessarily in a bad way, because I feel like throughout the years I've been discovering what, you know, music is meant, meant for me, but also meant for my consumers. And for me, I think it's definitely a pedestal thing, um, because I, I'll tell you right now, the first time I stepped on stage, the first song I sang was Unbreak My Heart by Tony Braxton. I was petrified. Oh out of my mind. God, dude, that's a tough song. It is a tough song. That's and like one of my Whitney teachers Houston, flat out told me, she was like, that's a hard song to sing. Mm. I don't know how you're going to pull it off. Good luck. And at that time, I was petrified. That's like the worst thing you can tell someone that has never sang on a stage before. The only people I sang for are my friends. My family had never even heard me sing. So I was like, okay, thanks. I'm still going to do it because I have to, but okay, thanks. How, how does your family not hear you sing if you can sing some Tony Braxton? Like, how did, where are you singing where your family doesn't hear you? <laughs> so... I'm sure they heard me sing. I'm sure of it. But I was downstairs. I had piano downstairs. Um, okay. At the time, my dad had a, owned a hotel and we were living in like the house part of it. And I was, um, the bottom part of the house had a grand piano. I would just play as loud as I can and then practice. But yeah, that's why I practiced Tony the Braxton song all the time. So I'm sure they heard me. Gotcha. But you had like in my head, or... they didn't. Yeah, right. Cause they had well, they hadn't been like downstairs. You didn't have the chip jar out in the lobby, kind of a thing. Exactly. Yeah, I wasn't like showcasing my talent to them. It was wow. something that was very, and I've always been that way. Like I think people assume just because I'm confident in myself that I enjoy showing showcasing that I like to sing. Um, I don't enjoy it. I, oftentimes I'm like, I don't care that you know that I'm a singer. I would appreciate it if you don't acknowledge the moment that I'm a singer and just let me just be here present with you like if we're going karaoke don't point out that i'm a singer i don't need that um and the reason why i'm saying all this is just because it's it's i think society just has this clear perspective as, as the life that we live and it's not it um i as much as i love performing i really do it is hard the lows of it is really hard because you you essentially have to take on everyone's energy in the room and hmm. It's not for the faint-hearted. Um, if you're a performer, if you're just like an acoustic singer, it's, it's different. You're still taking on the same energy, yeah. But 
when you're a performer, you have to take in all the energy in the room and you have to find a way to not necessarily match the energy because there's no way possible you can. But you have to try to use that energy to put on a damn good show. And if the energy's off, then you're off sometimes too. And I've had multiple situations like that before where I've left a show and I'm like, I hated that. And I wish I didn't do it. There are multiple times, like I had a show this week and I was like, I don't want to show today. I don't want to perform. Oh, just because like life stuff going on pre-show. Yeah, just life stuff. And it's just, it is a blast to perform and I enjoy it. But at the end of the day, like... I wouldn't say I'd do it for myself. Definitely not. I enjoy music, but I think anyone that puts their music out there and says that it's only for them is not true. I don't think at least. At least that's not my perspective. So <laughs> does it does it reach the point if you're not feeling it that day, do you get on stage and does it feel hypocritical in a way? Like I have to be fake because I'm kind of feeling like shit or I'm feeling low or whatever. And then you have to go on and be this smiley, bubbly rock star that's hella confident? Yes. (laughs) To answer that question, simply, yes. It does feel very hypocritical. But one of the things that I I like about anyone that comes to a Paige Turner show will recognize is I, because I come from the church background, I love vulnerability. So in, in a music setting, I hate it in my regular life. (laughs) but like when it comes to music i'm like oh yeah i had a shitty day let's all just sit here and dwell in our feelings i think it's the perfect platform to just let people know that you're having the shittiest days ever because it is such a sad industry like you listen to music even you listen to ariana grande right now take away the production her stuff is sad as hell yeah I forget. And it's something that you do so often where if you just like say the words in isolation without all the music, without all the extra, you're like, man, this is actually kind of depressing. Yeah, it is. And, but it's, it's an, I was talking about it this weekend on the show, actually, it's depressing in a hopeful way and not a bad way. Cause the fact that you're talking about it in song form means that you're healing already. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, cause I think, you don't want to, It, I would think it makes you feel empowered. Like you're in control yeah. of the situation. You're doing yep. something to solve it, which really right. helps people to move forward and process, right? Like you can't, you can't get over something. You can't deal with something unless you kind of break it apart, process it, and even vocalize it a lot of times. Like if you say what, what it's almost like the most basic thing you teach a child. When the first thing is when a child gets hurt, it's like, where does it hurt? And if a kid can't talk, you teach them point, tell me, express it. And then it helps right. them to move forward. And music's just multiple levels above that, but it's the it vocalization is. of emotions that aren't meant to be vocalized. Yeah, I am 100% agree. You're very agreeable. Is that one of your positive traits or is, <laughs> is yeah. that one of the things? Just like other people's perspectives. Like it's just, I think if you make logical sense, then yeah, you're, it's easy to agree with you. <laughs> that is true, right? That's that's something. Uh, I, I would go on a tangent about logical perspectives, right? Um. <laughs> I love logic so much. It's and I'm not talking about the program. I literally love logic thinking so damn much. Yeah, it's so. This is a saying I had never thought about, and it was it was a logical saying, and I, I don't know if it's too much of a digression, but it's like. When I argue with somebody, and it made perfect sense to me, it's like when I argue with somebody, I'm not arguing because I think you're wrong. 
I'm arguing because I don't think I've explained it well enough to make you see my logic. Oh my God, we're going to be best friends. <laughs> and, and I was like, dude, that's exactly why people are like, dude, can you stop fucking arguing and just like move on? And I'm like, no, no, no. But see, here's the thing. And I just always have to have that extra, like, I feel like I can get you there, not convert you, but like get you there. Right. And it's not even like it's, yeah, like you said, it's not a conversion. It's more so I just need you to understand my perspective, not necessarily that I'm arguing with you for, to change your mind. I'm just telling you that I'm passionate about this and I would like to express to you why I'm passionate about yeah. it. So you see my perspective and add it to the table, to the discussion of things that we're discussing. Right. It has nothing to do with me wanting to be right. It's literally just, <laughs> this is the information I know in my head. <laughs> it's the truth that right i'm not trying to be right i'm trying to be accurate or something like that right yes like you're just trying you're literally just trying all that is i think is just one trying to gain more not more knowledge it's not you trying to be a know-it-all it's you just saying okay this is what i know about this, this particular situation if you have any more information to in, input go for it no doubt society <laughs> yeah man well society. it almost goes back to what you're saying earlier about the music part and talking about songs that you write and things like it's everything's so quick and so click driven and you don't really right. get the time to have like some undistracted thought about a point to let someone right. make multiple sentences, speak multiple sentences in a row to like, let them guide your thoughts towards something. People want to interject within like a sentence and a half to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah but and it's like, nah, dude, let me like kind of, let me build the Legos. Let me get to where the roof goes. Oh my God. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You dealing with it? <laughs> if we can just make a podcast just about this topic, it would be fabulous <laughs> because I agree. No one, our attention span is of squirrels now. So clearly like, but it's, I think I was talking to somebody, somebody about this the other day where it's a, it's a process of consideration that I think is a lack thereof and I'm not from America and I have realized that that uh, is a cultural thing in the U.S. is consideration for the others I don't know I could be 100% wrong being an observer I've lived in both countries half my life and I am not a fan of the culture here all the time some culture I love but there's just the, the culture of how of humanity. There we go. How we choose to treat others. Yeah. I think it's, just, it's, I call it a puppy moment. I tilt my head to the side because I wonder about <laughs> And you're trying to process it. You're like, why yeah. is this happening oh, this way? The buffering, <laughs> the, pu the buffering puppy head. Huh? Yeah. You just cock your head to the side because you're just like, I'm still processing how I feel about this culture. <laughs> so, I've been here longer than like being home, but at the same time, it's just like, just some things I just can't shake and I can't help it. <laughs> so. That's that's pretty accurate though. The lack of consideration for others just in some basic. So I'm, I'm a teacher and I do parking lot duty in the morning and I'm a middle school teacher. Oh, and, bless your heart. I love that age, by the way. Yeah, oh, dude, it's it really is one of the best. That range is the best age. Yeah, because they're not so full of themselves they're still able to be like molded a little bit but they have personality right. they have wit they're exp exploring who they are and like trying different things on it's it's really cool okay to see we're grow. obviously best friends now that is my entire philosophy on middle schoolers because i grew up working with kids and that's exactly how i feel about it it's in the perfect place of 
clay. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you don't want to like fire them too hot. You can't be too hard right. on them. You can't force them into a cast. They kind of already have their own right. mold. But exactly. you do get to maybe paint them a little bit. Or you get to suggest right. that they should kind of bend right. this way. You get way. to build the skeletons for them. Yeah, man. It's it's a really great age. What, it is. What's terrible about it is when kids get dropped off. So if you picture a U, right? There's sidewalk right. everywhere. You don't stop if there's four. If you had to wait 15 minutes to drop your kid off, I would think you would go all the way around the U. You wouldn't stop as soon as you could hold everyone up and then just to give like your child the convenience of walking straight to a door when it's two minutes on a sidewalk maybe half a minute on a sidewalk and every day we marvel at like how people don't consider all the people behind them when they're dropping right. their kid off it's like all about them in their world you can feel their stress they're checking their phone they're looking overhead and then like people are passing them by the side just to like go up three spots to cut right back in front of them and you're like it, it seems so extra and so avoidable with simple compassion, like consideration for the people behind you. Right. I, it's just, and, it, and, and that's a humanity issue too in itself. Like, I don't think that's an only American issue, but yeah, no, it's, I just, I'm personally, I'm still confused as to how we're in 2021 and we're still behaving like this. It's baffling. <laughs> with all of our awareness. With all of our, we have so, we have the most resources we've ever had in the entire world, but we still find a way to bitch, we still find a way to complain, we still find a way to be just shitty ass human beings, we're getting worse. Definitely, so, with, definitely brattier, right? Definitely. Brattier, there we go. People are way more petulant and so upset over like, um, fuck, it was on Twitter the other day where some dude complained because he had like a 12-part Starbucks order that got jacked oh, up shit. and he actually tweeted about it. And it was the, like everybody say? just flew on this dude and it was whatever, like Timothy was his name and like, oh, Jesus, the male Karen, here you go, Timothy. Like you only got two shots instead of three shots of your extra mocha espresso with your sl soy slim. And it, it was like, wow, dude, you took time out of your day to try to throw shade Go on Starbucks. Him. Yeah. And on some, on some barista that's making like 15 an hour, hopefully with tips. Right. Well, in Seattle, you hope it is that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, no. Cancel culture is real. It's real right now. And that's something that I think every single one. I was listening to a podcast today, and one of the girls is just like, you know, as an artist, one of the hardest things is being canceled. People wonder why we always sound the same or if we do the same things or, for, you know, this and this. It's You guys are the reason we do it because you're the you're the consumer and you're the reason why we have to do. We don't You don't think we want to do any of this shit? No. We don't want to do half the shit that is popular nowadays. We have to do it because if we don't, you guys cancel us. What are some of those things that are popular that you feel kind of like are norms that you have to do? Um, okay, as a black person, I'm going to just say it right here, right now. I don't give a shit. Anybody that knows me knows I'll say it. As a black person... It is a stereotypical thing for someone to look at me and think I can run and sing gospel. Oh, interesting. I can't do that. I can't do that. And now, for, and this is a normal thing. The reason why I bring this up as a topic is because, and even in the black community, I don't know, maybe not. I could be wrong, so don't. I don't nobody quote me on that. You didn't hear that here. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I... 
was just, I just have an issue with a lot of, um, I think, I want to say music appreciation. I think we've gotten to a point where we just are just allowing the same things to come to surface again. Like we're not letting in anything new. We're not challenging ourselves. We're not re reinventing music anymore. We're just letting the same voices be the reign of everything. Come on, are we done? Can we be done listening to Whitney Houston? I love Whitney Houston. Don't get me wrong. But we don't need another Whitney Houston. We don't need another Beyonce. We don't need another Ariana Grande. We don't need another Billie Eilish. We don't need any of those things. So when I stand on a platform and someone automatically thinks that I'm going to be running, I get irritated because I'm just like, dude, there's so many black gospel singers and so many black runners out there in the R&B realm. I don't fit in there. Can I just coexist as a human being and sing what I would like to sing and not be expected to sing this type of way because I look this type of way or whatever the situation is. Um, that's a norm in the black community. I, I don't know if it is actually a norm in the black community. Um, but that's At least a norm. in your circle, right? Like your experience. And that's where people get fucked up too. They, they, like you can say black community, I could say white community. It's like, I'm speaking for every white person. It's like, no, nah, it would just be like the circle that I'm around and the people that right. influence me. It's not like, in totality, I'm, I'm speaking commenting. in general, right? Yeah, I'm not commenting on motherfuckers in Wales. You know, it's <laughs> it's not it's not like that. But it's what I'm around. However, my whatever my spirit what influences, yeah. this is my what I've taken away from it. Yeah, it's interesting that you even have to like um give that kind of like a what would we call it? not a precursor, but like a conditional statement of like not saying it's all this, but here it is versus just that's where we are now. We are. And, and we're at a point where no one has any idea, but that's like a trauma response. It really you have to, is right. Yeah. You have to protect yourself from being backlash because that's what's, it, that's what you're used to now. We're all in this cycle of backlash and just waiting to not get backlash by some shit that somebody wants to say. Um, so I'm very much entertained by how the music industry, I don't know where it's going to be honest. I don't think anybody knows where the music industry is going. I think they're going to crypto now, crypto shit, NFT. Right. Yeah. I still have trouble wrapping my head around the NFT. I kind of understand crypto at least i get bitcoin because it seems like it's limited there are only so many the the doji coin and a couple others where they just keep keep getting to add to it oh my seems God. like it's they destined to be inflated like like in the american dollar so the american dollar is crypto that's on paper basically right yeah so but i i guess that would be because does anything come of like out cd sales or album sales like how do you even go platinum is it just getting views on youtube <laughs> You know? Man, I don't even know anymore. I think it's honestly, if I'm being honest, I think your biggest, maybe your biggest start to fame is getting a song, getting a song popular on TikTok right now. Really? If being one hundred percent honest, Instagram is dying fast, which I was very shocked by because I thought TikTok would be the death. But this new generation really likes this whole thing where they get on a camera and fake dance. Because what they're doing is not dancing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm saying it. That is not dancing. Not enough feet for you? It's all arms? <laughs> no, I'm confused as how playing patty cake with yourself and your shoulder and doing a quick shimmy is considered... I mean, it's considered dancing if you're... I don't know. It is dancing, I guess. <laughs> but 
at this point, I'm just like, okay, not so everybody's a dancer because of TikTok now. Like, that's what I'm talking about. It's just TikTok has become the place where people, anybody can get famous now. Are they and, famous for their dance? Or so what are you saying is like, if someone makes a famous dance to your music, that helps you, or you have to make the music yep. and the dance? So it could be either. Gotcha. It could be me making a song that someone uses in a TikTok and then it, it, it just popping off. But that is right now looking like the only way that music is getting to where it is. And I think at this point, it's the way that dig the digital world is working now. In order to market your music, you have to pay for everything. So Spotify is not making you pay a minimum of 250 for ads. Um, what do you mean pay? Like you have to pay? You pay. To, to, to reach people now. Yeah, so that's what it's doing. Everything is paid now. So Instagram, I think what they're trying to do is any influencer has to pay for their ads to be getting more um, more clicks, all the things. And it's just a world of shit because the only way to rise to billboards from what I'm seeing, I like again, this is not in Wales. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing... The only way to achieve success fast musically is TikTok, TikTok, and TikTok. Because that's the only thing that's popping off right now. And like you get on Instagram and it's TikTok videos. No, yeah, right. Exactly. Um, I'm curious though, isn't TikTok pretty like short, limited time? Yep. Like I think of a song, I think of a, a short song to me is like three minutes. I feel like most right. songs three to five ish. I think five's I guess right. a little on the long end, right? I, right. I I don't think of watching a TikTok video and I'm a forty year old guy who just gets to watch my eleven year old daughter putting up on some TikTok, like watching a little bit. <laughs> but <Right. laughs> they, they don't seem like they go on for three minutes, man. It seems a little longer than like Vine was back in the day. Right. But fifteen, right. thirty seconds maybe? That's exactly what they're curating now. So they're curating things to be sold to this generation of short circuited minds we're now adapting to people that have attention spans of five to 15 seconds so if you're on tiktok you better make sure you have the best motherfucking hook yeah right i was about to say man it, it's basically like yeah. maybe four lines that you can yeah. maybe get out four lines and sometimes it's the shittiest of songs there's a song called no more parties um but i can't remember her name like koi something. It's like this. Uh, it. I think it's mumble rap. I don't know what you would categorize it. I can't keep up with what rap. Eminem rap. damn sure would. He hates him some. I don't rappers. know what it is, but majority <laughs> of the lyrics aren't lyrics. It's just mm, ew. They're just weird noises, right? And <laughs> someone made a remix of it, and that remix went viral on TikTok. Within a week or two weeks, his YouTube video. Is now at eight. It's probably further now, but when I last checked, that video of someone making fun of it is at eight million. It turned his like random video that he put on YouTube to eight million because someone thought it was funny and like made a thing out of it. And then at first, everyone's listening to this this song and they were like, "Well, this is absolute rubbish." But then eventually, it gets catchy because then the beats are the beats are sick. Right. Um. I think our generation really isn't into lyrical content. They're just into how to, how to get hype. I don't know. I can't tell. I can't keep up. Yeah. It's like they want to be hype. They want to dance. And they want 
lyrics, but I don't think they want deep lyrics. I can't keep up. <laughs> yeah, and do you like the vibe I'm getting from you? You enjoy the deepness, like I. I enjoy depth. And I'm assuming that are you the writer? Because I don't even know when you see like written by. It seems like all songs when I actually check are written by like six or seven people. And I don't know how that right. process works. Like, does somebody throw in a couple words and now they get right. credit? Does somebody like give you an idea? Hey, man, you might want to talk about a sunflower there. And all of a sudden. Right. I think that's works. what people are doing now, which I find quite irrelevant. I don't think there's anything to necessarily do. If you're if you're collabing with the right people in the sense of, okay, so in, for instance, this girl and uh, got me, what is it? She put, she suggested that I put a ding in this moment. Like, I don't think I need to credit her for telling me to put a ding in the song. <laughs> maybe I do. Maybe I'm just seeing things a different perspective. I'm totally down to change that perspective. But for instance, I, I mean, I do write all my stuff. When I write my stuff, I take it to my bandmates. So I co-write with them instrumentally. I don't co-write with them lyrically. Okay. So lyrics, lyrics and, um, melody are all me um chord progressions and everything are all me and then i co-write with them to help me you know come up with a concept and produce kind of where we want the song to go we don't really produce i guess we just kind of figure out where we want the like the filling in the gaps the gaps of everything so yeah i like depth i think music is meant for depth i don't think it's meant for surface level um i don't think it's meant to be exploited the way that we exploit it uh, I think music is very much a healing instrument, and I think it's also used as the weapon. Um, it's weaponized very easily because words are really powerful. So, what do you mean weaponized? That's interesting. Yes, weaponized. Um, the reason why I say weaponized is because I think there is good and bad music um, in the perspective of messages, is what I would say. Uh, For instance, okay. I don't really. I don't really pertain to songs that are just like, yeah, 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 what a, uh, sleep with this girl, beat up that booty, you know, throw, throw back six bottles of Zan. What? Why is that relevant to the song? And why are there four, like, women on your car twerking? I don't understand what this has to do with throwing back Zan. So, like, stuff like that. I just, to me, I don't, I don't think it's a bad, bad song. I just think the messages can sometimes be misleading. Um, yeah, so and people up man it's so weird because it feels and i don't know if this is my trauma response or cancel culture but it's like the in, woman empowerment versus you're kind of coming across cheap should you be cheaply empowered or can you be maybe a more classy empowered i guess and right I, exactly and, and again when i'm a younger dude i'm all about those types of videos now that i have my daughter and i'm like these shorts are way too short on you child like i don't even want to <laughs> take you to the beach this summer i'm scared of what i'm gonna hear people say about you kind of a thing right. it changes your perception right and it makes you right. think like i'm for you being confident i'm for you being body positive i'm for you right. feeling like it's yours, man. Do what you want with it. But should you be selling it in this video? And you, I don't even know if you're making money, hoping to get some exposure so that maybe right. You can that's get what I'm some... saying. Are you making money doing it? Yeah, I'm all yeah. for it. I'm all for your body positivity as long mm. as you're enjoying and getting paid for what you're doing. But yeah. like, it comes to a point where we're, we're like, what are what are we doing? What are we leaving behind for future generations like you listen to like billy holiday nina simone frank sinatra you go back and those people are limitless as to how their music has transcend 
transcended genre, like throughout the genres, one, two, throughout time. And they're unforgettable, which didn't Frank come out with a song called Unforgettable? Ironic. <laughs> Unforgettable. That might, might not have been him. Um, but <laughs> I was trying to think. I'm like, what did he? Did he? Did he? But you look at legends like Jimi Hendrix, Prince, all these people. To be honest with you, I don't, I can't name an artist today. There's probably a few that I can probably name today that I think will leave a legacy. Justin Bieber would be one. You really think so? Like, I, is it because I'm old? Again, I turned 40 this summer. I, I, I don't, I just still see his songs as like poppy and catchy. I don't see them as like generational. Right. I agree. I agree. I think a lot of his stuff is, is poppy and generational. Um, his, I, the, the one thing that separates Justin from mainstream for me is his, his actual talent. Um, See, I can't I will, appreciate that because I can't do anything that people like you do. When Even when you were talking about like co-producing, no, I guess it's not co-producing. I was like, what the fuck makes something producing and not producing? Like, what are these gaps, right? right? How do you sit there and make words too. and have like all these different, like you probably can hear like five different instruments in your head while you're saying words and like putting all that together in some beautiful yes. mind type thing. And I'm yes. like, boom, 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 boom. Is that on time? Right? Like that's my level. So educate me to why I should appreciate Justin Bieber because I'm hella ignorant. Yes, definitely. No, no, no. You're totally fine. It's, and that's that's the thing. I think a lot of people are just ignorant to stuff. And I think once we just be open-minded, like we were talking about earlier, we're not arguing. We're just being open-minded. Right. And we talk more. Um, I would say one of the things that I appreciate about Justin Bieber um, is that – one, he is a killer instrumentalist. He plays everything um, that people play for him. So he can play everything that is behind him. Um, one, two, he's a good dancer. He's a good writer when he writes for himself, sometimes. Um, but also his hustle is just crazy. Like, he actually is. I think the, the, the talent perspective is ad admirable because you don't... This is going to sound really harsh. And I'm sorry, but it... This is how I feel. Um, most of the main industry is auto-tuned, and typically most of the singers cannot sing live. So it's admirable oh. for musicians to see another musician be at that level because they are they are producing industry music, like the things that people want for them to produce, but at the same time, they're capable of some crazy-ass shit, and he shows it. And that's the thing. Like If an artist didn't show that in their their artistry like for instance the difference between ariana grande and justin bieber for me is ariana grande no one knows of her old stuff that like is listening to her stuff today because her old stuff is actually way more musical than anything and i prefer old ariana grande because she brings musicality to something that is meant to reach everybody i think there's a way that you can handle things like i think justin bieber handles handles it so well because He's on such a huge platform, but he's also showing people that, you know, music is still important while the others are just like, I'm just going to auto-tune this one and that's going to be fine. Just put it out. It sounds great. We don't need to show anyone that I know how to play guitar or actually sing. Let's just put it out. And I think he cares. He cares about what he puts out. Um, and I got the privilege to meet his bandmates too. So I got some really cool conversations with them and that was really cool. I respect Taylor Swift 
I don't like her voice. See, actually, like that would be so. My daughter is a Swifty. I got to see her in DC, and I like. I, Did you I, cry? I, I didn't cry with Taylor. It wasn't. It was a um, Reputation tour, so I think she was. It was the angrier one. So it oh, was yeah, more yeah. like the the. It was her middle finger tour. It was her bad girl tour. Um, right. I, I almost cried seeing my daughter enjoy it so much, though. To be honest with you, uh, like I'm that kind of sentimental with it. Um, but to me, she's one who it's like every, she can just go to, she can be poppy. She can be folky. She can be like rock, you know? And, um, I guess Bieber can do that too. Now that I'm thinking about it. So like, I guess maybe they would be. Yeah. The post. And that's one of the things I respect about both of them. Both of them as musicians. It's it's just a range. Yeah. Their hustle is just so legit. Like it's more than just fame for them. I yeah. think that might be it. I think it's when it becomes more than just fame for someone. And I, I can't speak for any of the rest of the celebrities, but like when it's blatant, when it shows blatantly, I think that's a huge thing for me. When it shows in all the ick of what the industry is, then you have something genuine. Like what Justin has is genuine to me. What Taylor Swift has is genuine to me. It's that's, just genuine. That's so funny if you are to be stupid stereotypical like acoustic deep thinker you're in the poetry corner right you're smoking the cigarette you're sipping the latte and you got your notebook and you're writing you wouldn't think you would like taylor swift and justin bieber like those would be two of like the go-to punchlines for like commercial right exactly interesting that you can appreciate it though man that that's no and that's the thing it's just i think that separates the artist, when you talk about self, you know what I mean? When we, when we talked about that earlier, when we talk about the difference, the differentiating if someone's doing it for themselves or where is it they're doing it for themselves with alongside other people. Because there's a difference between saying you're doing something for yourself and then saying, come on, follow me. And there's a difference between saying, I'm doing this for myself, follow me, but walk alongside me. Does that make sense? It's hard. It's hard for me to understand because I've never led in a creative manner. I've never had to, you know, express and try to understand. And that's why it's so hard. I think that's why people fall in awe and like don't know what to say around others who are famous because they they kind of forget like the icon is a person and grew up and looked forward to Santa Claus, right? Like (laughs) there's such basic life things that we all kind of have in common that you can easily forget. But then you, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I would, what I would say to that. I don't know if I could spot, I don't think I could spot the difference because I didn't spot it with Justin that you're educated. And I would not have thought, I would not have thought Taylor would have been come across as genuine. And I don't know why I felt, I never thought she was fake, but I didn't think fellow musicians would appreciate her like that. Oh yeah. I appreciate the shit out of her. And she, she's one of the artists that probably still writes her stuff to this day. Like I, Justin helps with his writing, but in reality, he doesn't really, from what I've captured, I, but he also had like some really difficult shit going on. But from what I captured off of the documentary, a lot of it is, you know, his writer, Pooh Bear. But I could be wrong. I mean, like, probably is very much hands-on in the entire process. How but, many, I'm curious, but, like, how many notebooks do you have? Like, you had to start writing real early. Right, like expressing your thoughts in just different ways, real early, or did it come to you later on in life? Um, the funniest things I hate journaling. Hate, <laughs> hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. Absolutely hate it. Why I is hate, that? <laughs> I don't know. I just, for some reason, like 
in my head, I process all the stuff already. So I'm just like, I, writing it down is not going to change it for me. <laughs> oh, okay. I love that people can write their, their shit down and be like, oh, I feel better. I unfortunately can't do that. Because if I write it down, I'm like, Bitch, I feel it even more. <laughs> it just like, down. <laughs> you just get more angry <laughs> thinking about what they did to you. <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. I'm just like, uh, I did feel it more. I don't feel better. I feel worse because now it's even more prevalent in my life. <laughs> it's staring me in the face. <laughs> it's. I think it's just. I think society has just has. We have to realize what works best for us at the end of the day. Yeah, um, right. For instance, for me, I can't write a breakup song. And me explaining to you just a second ago, writing journals, like writing things down makes me feel worse. It's accurate. Like when I write a breakup song, I don't want to walk around thinking about this shit everywhere I go. Like every time I step on a stage, I got to sit, sing this fucking song again and relive this situation again. No, thank you. That's a great point. That's just such a great, again, something I had not considered. God, could you imagine expressing that pain and then it goes platinum and it's like your fourth, it has to be like the crescendo song on your stadium tour. Yes, and then exactly. That's, that's 250 days of your year thinking what? about that guy. And the entire time. Exactly. And no one has any idea how fucking traumatic that is. But we just, we just accept it. We're like, oh my God, I love this song. It's a breakup song. I'm like, Oh, could we just express that the person's going to have to sing that for the rest of their life? Probably. <laughs> that's God. Yeah. That's so inconsiderate. We're so inconsiderate when we cheer and download those it's, songs as consumers. But the thing is, it's, it's not inconsiderate in a lot of ways. It's, it, I, in this situation, this wouldn't be inconsiderate for me because we're putting it out there. Yeah, right? so. you're, you're putting it out there to be consumed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's actually, that's a weird, like oxymoron at the same time. Right. But at least yeah, you can probably. It could be. Profit yeah. from your pain. So then how do you write? Are you like a poetry person? Were you like a doodler no. with words? Did, were you a phrase person? Okay. Here's, here's where we, we, we discuss Paige's weaknesses. Uh oh. I suck at lyrics. So lyrics take me 10 times the amount of time that melodies do. I can write a song for you instrumentally within five to 10 minutes. Lyrically, it will probably take me two weeks. Oh, wow. So as far as writing, um, poetry, I've tried to write like spoken word when I was in church, which I actually really enjoyed. Um, and I've realized that I can write poetry. I just only do that as a hobby kind of thing. But when it comes to writing music, I actually allow the music and the guitar and itself to bring the lyrics to me. So where I come from when I'm writing my stuff is I sit down and I'm like, okay, well, let's see. I usually never intend to write. I just sit down and play the guitar. And then sometimes I accidentally fall on a chord. I'm like, Ooh, let's see what if I make a song out of this. And then from there, the melody comes to me and then words just start to form. Once I start using like weird vowels and stuff like that. And <laughs> somehow in some way, I feel like, the music orchestrates through me, so it creates the song for me. Not knowing, I most of the times I don't know what's coming out of me until it actually comes out. And oftentimes I have to go back and listen to my songs and be like, what the hell was I talking about? Because 
it's almost it's almost like an out of body experience. Like you're, it's a way of taking your trauma out. Like it's almost like you removed yourself and then put it on a piece of paper, and then you're like, oh, that's crazy, <laughs> dude. I had um I had a Canadian surreal artist on um the podcast, and when he he described his artistic endeavors, like the pencil just goes, and it's like I'm fortunate to be a part of it creating. That's what happens. And yeah. that's, that's pretty crazy that you make that same kind of connection with music, describing it as that out-of-body experience. Yeah, it's so out-of-body because I just I, I honestly think a lot of the things that we can't explain, like music, like that's the one thing we can't explain. We just can't. I mean, no one's been able to explain music, death. <laughs> what do you mean death? can't explain it? Like can't explain why people like it? I, I think can't explain the expression of music. Not necessarily why people don't like it, or like it or don't like it. I think the concept of music can never be really explained to someone because, again, I don't think it's something we've completely unlocked. We've only unlocked mm. what, you know, our brains have given us, you know, what we are constantly, I guess what the word, the right word would be, is constantly learning and evolving and adapting. Um, but for the most part, like, I just think it's such a mysterious thing I mean, I think anything that's able to, like, bring someone to their knees and make someone literally bow down to you is a mysterious thing. Like, you look at Michael Jackson. That man stood on stage for a solid five minutes without saying shit. He just stood there. He just stood there. And women lost their crap. Sorry, my Alexa apparently disconnected. Triggered on Michael Jackson. Now you're on some like CIA watch list or something because you're a fan. Exactly. <laughs> now I am. And they're like, okay, we heard that. Yeah. So that's, I don't know. I don't want to go back too much to cancel culture, but I think you might have an interesting perspective on it being in the industry. Like, are you okay with Michael and his music with everything else? Yes. Right. I will be honest about that situation. Um, and anybody can cancel me after this. Here's the thing. I have gotten to the point where I'm just like, cancel me. You're not doing anything to, you're not doing anything to me because I still have the people that love me. So right. do it, go for it. Um, but I don't disclaim any situation that happens, um, personally, but I actually have a friend, a close friend who, was um, their family friend was actually close friends with Michael and his family. Um, and she spent her adulthood on in Neverland. Stop. And yeah, she spent her, not, not my friend, but her, her family friend. Right. And she told me all these stories. She was like, yeah, you know, she would tell me all these stories about how Michael just had this insane dream to just bring the childlike faith back probably back to music. I don't know, but she was saying, she was just like, he just wanted to be just like us. She was like, I have been in Neverland and Michael never ever tried to do anything. Again, I can't attest for anybody else's story, so I can't do anything. But at the end of the day, we look at stories like Michael, R. Kelly, people have done that, that have done some really fucked up shit. Um, if you look back in their past and their trauma, um, you can see why, but you also have to, talk about the people that allowed the shit to happen. So let's talk about the parents that are, if these mm. situations did go down, why were parents allowing their kids to go over to a grown man's house without supervision? 
I, that, to me, that's confusing. Um, but you look at Michael's history, you know, where he came from, a lot of, you know, spiritual, emotional, physical abuse. I wouldn't be surprised if that was something that he did. I, it wouldn't, put, I mean, it's not something that I would put past him. I wouldn't put it past my neighbor. I wouldn't put it past my friends. Anybody's capable of, of such atrocities. It's just how we choose to deal with the atrocities after that's really important. Do we sit here and condemn a person and say, okay, well, this person did some really shitty things and fucked with some children. Do we sit here and allow it to be a thing? No, you, of course. Um, What is apperment? Is apperment the word? That's the word, right? Ackerman? I'm trying to find the right word to say, basically, like, you don't condone the action, but at the same time, you don't treat a human being like trash for clear evidence of trauma in their life. The only oh, reason why we do the shit that we do that are that's negative is from hurt. Going through something that you've been through. Yeah, he was obviously going through some shit, yet if he did that shit, yes, it was fucked up and it was not right, but doesn't take away from the magic that he was and is. He still is that magic. Michael Jackson was something that changed, a person that changed the musical world. Yeah, performance, right? Not even just music, just the idea of performing. Yeah, performance. Who has had that many hits in their entire life? I can't... Worldwide? There's very many people. Michael, Stevie are probably some huge names that have had that many hits. But at the end of the day, like what Michael did for the music industry, I think a lot of people owe him some, a break. That man put his life on a pedestal from the time he was, what, eight? When did he start his journey? I don't even know. Was that the ABC song, right? Like ABC's? Yeah, ABC or whatever the hell the, the Jackson 5 crew started. Right. Think about all the shit he did for us. And the one moment that he fucks up and is a human being. Yes, he fucked up hard. We're not going to lie. If he really did that, he fucked up hard. But he's a human being. He's a human being. I just have a, a thing. Like, I don't care. The worst of human beings. I've all, If music wasn't my main focus, my other focus in college was to do criminal justice. I wanted to sit down with the mass murderers. And figure out what the fuck is going. I love psychology, so the concept of of trauma is is a beautiful thing to me. And when it comes out in music, and when it when someone's attacked because of you know something they're they've been through is is rough for me to watch. But at the same time, I think it takes a different type of person to be mature enough to look past look past transgressions. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I, it's something I, I I don't know what's right. Like, can you appreciate? the art and not can not be okay with the artist's actions. And at the same time, I wonder like paintings wise, right? Like I don't know anything about Van Gogh. I've never studied him. I don't know anything about Picasso, Monet, Salvador Dali, but like, I'm sure there were some things that we don't know about them that would make them despicable. And, right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. But oh. like, does that mean the painting can't be appreciated and the, the creation can't be appreciated? Right. That's like, that's essentially, this is going to sound real dark and someone's going to be like, why would she make that comparison? But that's like looking at a mother who was a prostitute. She got pregnant and then mm -hmm. saying, Ugh, this baby's amazing, yeah. but uh, it's not really that amazing anymore because it's mom was a prostitute. So yeah, I feel like society's really fighting hard 
for because I think that used to happen quite often, right? Like you you yes. basically be classed into this label, and that's one of the huge things that it's like a it's bastard not where child. From. Yes, yeah, right, exactly. Like being called a bastard was like offensible, offensible. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just, it's crazy to me. I think we should. It all comes down to the human. The human trigger reaction, I think, personally. I think we, naturally, as human beings, always want to find something to point at so it takes away from us. Like, I mean, you look at the, the, the rise of reality TV. We love it because we get to watch other people fuck up while we, you know, our lives are fucked up at the same time. We don't get, we don't have to deal with it. So I think, <laughs> man, we're just a really, really damaged species and sometimes i wish i were a monkey <laughs> dude i think about it all the time right like uh, with with my dog i'm like the yeah. dog's so fucking content you you take it for a walk you rub its belly you feed it and it's perfectly fine like it seems perfectly fine i would guess like just laying about just being right in the moment the like freedom. enjoying some sun right it gets excited if a door opens it chases a squirrel and barks like crazy and then right. it's fine and it's like that's such a simple content life and it really does the whole knowledge is suffering ignorance is bliss that that kind of i don't know catchphrase is um it just rings true the more you learn because you're like why do i have to have all this shit in my head right yeah i just it's just i think it's in a, in a sense it's almost beautiful to see it from the perspective of of a dog too because in a lot of ways, like, aren't we supposed to be in that simple lifestyle? <laughs> the only reason that we're not living that way is because someone's told us that we have to work our asses off for eight hours, nine to five, until we, you know, work up enough vacation days to go. Yeah. Man, I, my guitarist told me the other day, he's been working at this company for 10 years and he only has like a little over a month of vacation time. I was like, oh. <gasps> Oh God! I've never. I've only had one regular job in my life, nine to five. I wanted I to. Like, I wanted to ask, man, and I didn't know if it would be insulting, but I feel like you don't yeah. get insulted if it comes from like a just genuine curiosity, right? Yeah. Like I feel like you're no, that I wouldn't kind be insulted. <laughs> um, that's that's always something with artists. I'm so curious about is like, do you feel you've made it when you can live the lifestyle you want and not? And music is how you provide for yourself. Yes. That's how I feel like I will make it. D dead ass. I feel like that is probably the goal for every artist is right. when I can freely live off of just producing my music and putting out music. That is when I feel like I've made it. I don't give a shit if I have a, actually, I did for a while cared if I had a verified badge. The only reason I cared though is because post COVID, pre COVID, sorry, pre COVID. It was important to have a verified check mark. It was very important. Uh, it, that's the like, verified is the ten is the blue check mark. Blue check, but how do you get that, or what is the point, or what? Yeah, it's bullshit, is what it is. Because I've tried to obtain it after the show. Basically, you have your name has to you have to be a pub public figure. You have to be talked about in the news multiple times. All those things, which I was, and I signed up for verification, and they didn't verify me. Um. It's just, it's all stupid shit. It's all based on he should, said, she said shit. And um, why did that matter? You just had like heard that's the way to, it just helps you to get more. It helps. Yeah. Like it just helps for the artist. 
it helps for artists like that have verified check check marks to pay more attention to you. It just gets huh. it gets certain eyes on you if you have verified checks checks marks. Okay. Like if you don't have a verified check mark, it doesn't guarantee that you're not going to get a cool gig because surely someone's going to find you. But the verified check marks, some like used to help. At least I don't think it helps anymore. No, why did it change? I think it's just because the industry is just changing constantly, and the rise to fame is just going back to the TikTok stuff. Right. I think somebody can just fart, auto tune it, and they'd make a hit. <laughs> it can't be that easy, man. Like that's be. what it seems like right now. <laughs> I have seen some things, even just looking at NBC's <laughs> 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 voice. <laughs> I look at that show sometimes and I look at some contestants and I'm like, what? Not in a bad way because the show doesn't ever bring any bad contestants on the show. But it just brings on some, like, you can tell when someone is, you can tell, this is going to sound really bad. I haven't seen any, very many people like that on the show. But I can tell when they're hobby musicians and when there are real musicians in a room. In the sense of, I've been crafting my craft since I was seven. Was it a difference when Tom realized that, you know, he was it's built to produce in his room when he turned 20 or 17 or whatever. Not saying that it's a bad time to start your career. It's just like sometimes it feels like ass when some of us have been working our ass off for a long time. And then Tom comes in, picks up, uh, learns really easy, like MIDI production on Logic and just pops off because he sounds like this. And can hit some falsetto notes, and sounds like Justin Bieber. We just always want to replicate artists. We've got five million Billies now. That every time someone sings like that, we literally shit our pants when someone sings like that. Shit our pants when someone sings high. It's just crazy. I can't keep up. I don't know what it. What do you need anymore? That so then you're almost like a tortured genius, right? Because you know how many instruments can you play? I play four. I play four, um, knowingly play four, and I've dabbled with some other stuff. Okay. What are, what does like knowingly mean? I guess like the Like I can interval. pick it up and if someone asks me to play along to a band, I could pick up and play it like in seconds. Gotcha. And what are those four instruments? I play guitar, bass guitar, piano, and drums. Okay. And did you have a favorite? Yes. <laughs> um, I think favorite just really just, just depends on, you know, on what. But I would say piano will always be my favorite. Dude, my daughter just quit piano. That's okay. I so, quit piano when I was younger too. How old is she? Uh, 11. Okay. It was, yeah. She'd been playing uh, since she was about six. Um, maybe that's when I quit. Five. Was it like seven or six? Oh, really? <laughs> And then what got you back into it? Um, my friend from church showed me some chords and I was like, oh my God, I love it. It's for me, I'm more of an ear training person and it was sitting down in front of a freaking book that drove me insane. Gotcha. But I also don't like limiting my brain. So the concept of sheet music was always very limiting to me. I was like, but that's boring. Why would you want to just play the notes that are on the paper? Mm. Would anybody want to just do that with their lives? Can we create something that's ours? Interesting. Me, I did not like that part of lessons. I went and I was like, my teacher teacher was always pissed off at me because I would just not open my book and be able to play the parts. Because oh. <laughs> I memorized it. 
So I had a lot of musical teachers that were not fans of me growing up. So <laughs> it's funny. I was that kid that was not liked in choir. Was that kid that was not liked in band? All the way college too. And then, what makes piano your favorite? It just has a way of taking me to this place of escape. Um, I feel like most of myself when I'm playing it. It was my first instrument, of course, but um, I don't know. I just like where I go when I play piano. Um, it's almost like the outerworldly experience that I experience with guitar, but it's I actually like leave for a while and I just stay there. It has no intent. I have no intent with it. It has no intent with me. It's almost feels like we're just coexisting together. And I really like that for piano, but it's also just like a percussive instrument, melodic, rhythmic, string, all the things. You can do so many things with piano. So just love it. It's beautiful when, sounding. When you were describing that, I almost pictured like floating in like gentle waves. Yes. Almost like a jellyfish, just kind of being led somewhere. That's what I feel like when I play piano. Yeah. Genuinely, like I'm in water, just wow. coexisting with the uh, the other species. The <laughs> <laughs> ocean has in it. The other organisms in there. Symbiotic. Other organisms. Symbiotic relationships. Yeah, it's crazy that you say that because like the ocean is my like symbol. Like it's what I consider myself. It's like an ocean. Do you get to claim your own symbol? I thought you had to be like born in a certain month to get a symbol. <laughs> That's hilarious. I think, you, I think you don't get to claim it. I think you get to say what resonates with you. And it actually, like I, I from what I realized, I've just got into like astrology and, and whatever the hell else exists in the worlds of the stars and shit. Um, and... I've actually realized that my Chinese zodiac is water. Okay, so then you got a lot of a lot of water is in my life. It, I don't know if it's necessarily like my element. It's not my element because my element's air. But water just has this way of calming. I was born by the ocean, so naturally, like my body is just inclined to always run to the water every time I see it. It just has this way of bringing me in. The ocean, not just any water, because I don't really like lake water or river water. Yeah, something about lake and river water seem stagnant when you when you've seen ocean. And yeah, you've I seen mean, like the it, massiveness of right, the, ocean. the mass of it, and you think about you think about in a in a sense like a river and a, a lake is is so limiting. It's so mm -hmm. it's such a limiting landmass of water. I guess not always, because of course it's going to be like hella big lakes but the ocean the <laughs> around the entire the entire world is en encompassed by water that creates and cleans for us like the river i'm sure does some really cool shit <laughs> but the ocean is just this it's a an actual living organism because of what lives in it mm. it becomes life like if you look at the ocean like i always tell people like don't fuck around with the ocean. It'll kill you if you're not careful. Like you, it's one of those things where it's like, for some reason, there's a. I feel like the ocean it has a spirit, whereas in a river probably oh. has a spirit, but it's probably like one like those dingy spirits because 
It's Rivers an angry spirit. Thirty. <laughs> it's just, like a dingy, a dingy spirit. And then the look is just probably like uh, the the what the the fucking caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland, just lazy as fuck, oh. <laughs> <laughs> just hanging out, a lazy spirit. I have no idea, but I just this this way about the ocean that's just powerful. Like she's calm, she's quiet. Like you think about rivers, the only thing that creates that is a flow of water. Sometimes currents can help, but ocean creates all that shit. Like <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah, the it's a the vast the fact that we explore outer space and we're so concerned with Mars and galaxies and stars and we haven't even figured out our own planet yet because of oceans should tell you just how <laughs> fucking cool an ocean is. Like it's, it's right so here. Cool. It's right here. You could drop a rock and it'll just keep going. We can't figure out a way to find out what's at the bottom, but we got intent to get to Venus. Like it makes no sense, man. Why wouldn't we really right. focus in on us? <laughs> What's here? Exactly. Spend I mean, some like, of those resources. Of, it's just—it's baffling to me. And like, I think about just even in that, that this conversation, thinking about it. I, I have a song lyric that says, "The ocean refuses no river." And if you think about, if you reverse the rules, if you were to put a shit ton of ocean water in a lake, those fish would die. Uh. They would fucking die because they can't survive in that habitat. But you introduce the river to the ocean, sure enough, that ocean filters out what can and cannot coexist in its its area. Hmm. Which crazy. Crazy. It, there's something, I don't know. That is, yeah, right? What Someone's going to listen to this podcast and be like, wait, I thought they were talking about music. I don't know. I don't care. I just enjoy it. Like, dude, how fucking often do you get to like, just, I don't know, shoot the shit blindly um, right. <laughs> with the musician. And I, I don't know, I've had people say that to me. So part of it, and to be, I guess, selfish for a moment, it's be one of selfish. those things. Well, and I'd be interested with your advice because you're a creator and I'm trying to create this podcast thing. Right. And I try to make it genuine. I, we haven't really spoken before we started recording like it's very organic right there's no set hey here are the questions this is what we're going to get into right but i've heard one of two things one is like well if it's a humanistic thing and it's all about what people have been through and getting to know you why do sometimes you guys just talk about shit like why do you get in on these like philosophies and their opinions of things how come you don't get to know more about like she brought up church why 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 does she not go to church anymore or whatever you know not saying that you don't go to church you right go to church but stuff like that and my counter, which is always hard for me, it's like, well, if they're their opinions, isn't that getting to know them? Because now you know what yeah. they think about things. And to me, that's right. super interesting. Yeah. Like knowing that you're this ocean lover, like you're an ocean hugger. <laughs> like that's yeah. very- I'm an ocean hugger. I'm also a tree hugger. I freaking love trees. They're so cool. <laughs> Just life. Just non-human yeah. life is interesting. So I don't know. Like that's it something is. where I, I don't mind- I don't know. I don't mind just kind of seeing where, like, much like the ocean, seeing where it goes right. and exploring. Yeah, and I think I think that's a beautiful thing because you're allowing you're allowing space for the other person. You're not just constructing what you want them to speak about because, like you said, it's it's their opinion and their formulated structure of how they want to express themselves. And you know, I think when it comes to a musical perspective too, I think it is a lot it's freeing in a lot of ways to not have to come on with strategized questions because we already have to fit all these labels. So it's freeing when we actually get to just 
express ourselves 100% genuinely and authentically. And I think that's a special thing. So whoever doesn't think, whoever wants to be like, oh, let's dive deep into church and this should go to church. Yes, those things are getting getting to know me questions. But one of the things I don't like, so this is the thing, maybe it's a cultural thing. One of the things I don't like, and my my ex did this, I think it's it's very common in the dating relationship. It's very common in the beginning parts of a relationship to want to go play 50 questions with someone oh, where yeah. you break down a game of 20 questions to try to understand someone, blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, I, when I first told her, I was like, I don't like stuff like that. And she was just like, why? And I was just like, why can't you just curate some answers for me organically when we sit and talk? And she was just like, well, this is just better because you can get, I'm like, no, it's not because you're not asking me what you really want to ask me. It's like an interrogation thing, right? Like I yeah, got to check a box or I got to get some sort exactly. of approval from you or it's, like, fuck right. man, my resume is not going to stack up. Cool. Oh, you can see we're right. done in three months because I didn't get this box at this time in your life. Right. Exactly. And then finding out my favorite color or finding out if I go to church, that's not going to tell you anything about me. That tells you the surface level things that I do on a day-to-day basis. It doesn't tell you about Paige. You're talking about personal, a, a personality trait versus, well, personality trait, personality, surface level things versus in-depth things where it comes to, okay, now why did you create this song? Why do you think the ocean? There's a huge difference in being like, well, do you like the ocean or the river? Yeah, it's, it's better. It's better to me. It gives people, when even though they don't like knowing more details sometimes gives people a better picture then eventually people are starting to imagine who you really are as a person and relate yeah see that's my thing but where i get conflicted is and like i don't know maybe i just listen to people who don't know about brands and stuff and i don't even know if this will be a brand right but like you're someone who i would assume knows way more about marketing than i probably ever will and their point to me is Well, if it's about getting to know them and their lives, it shouldn't be an opinion thing because people will be confused by it. Right. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I feel like you're overthinking that (laughs) when they, when they give me that kind of overthought. That is 100% an overthought. Like it, 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 that is getting to know you, your opinions are you. Right. Right. (laughs) But then they just say, I'm arguing to win the argument. I'm like, no, I'm not trying to win the argument. I just feel it's logical. Opinions are more to me. Opinions are more core structure of a person more than their personality trait. Yeah, like, like retelling the story, right? Because the retelling the story yeah. doesn't even make it truthful. To be honest with you, because you have all these personal exactly. biases, and you could be fucking lying. But your opinions, if you let someone talk, like you actually get to know more where they stand on things. Right. What they're. Oh yeah, like I remember just getting interviewed for the Voice, and during the show we had the PR person had to sit in because I had to make sure we weren't saying crazy shit, you know, exposing them. But after that, you know, people have asked me honest questions about the show after I'm on the show. And I was like, I'm going to be hundred percent honest with you because then I couldn't be honest with you because I was under a contract. Oh. Yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's interesting. But the thing is though, the thing, I think the biggest reasons for why people say don't put your opinions is because people are often triggered by opinions. Yeah, right? Like maybe and they, they can't respond or something, right? They can't respond because people think opinions are that that's the thing. People think opinions are factual. 
And oftentimes the people that think that opinions are factual are the ones that are are having the opinions that they think are factual. Does that make sense? Like they think <laughs> their opinions are factual, therefore they think that everyone else's opinions are factual. Yeah, maybe. That's, yeah, that's uh, like there are it's beyond me the understanding of some people's mindsets because it's, it's it's confusing. Like, why would you not want to know why someone loves the ocean? Yeah, or they want you to be really open to their opinions but shut you down and not have themselves be open to yours. Yeah, it's so funny yeah. you say that interview the other day and she called back and I, I gave her so many, so many things. I called back and she was just like, it just feels like you're wrestling something. And I was like, well, I told you what I'm wrestling. Right now I'm wrestling my life changing and starting a career outside the voice. And she was like, ah, but that's not it. I'm like, what? What? Who the hell are you to tell me that that is not what I'm wrestling right now? What? But yeah, there's all that it story. It's always that it story, and that's okay. That's okay to always want that it story. But I think we're getting to the point where people are getting so frustrated with it. Like I look at people like Demi Lovato. I watched two episodes of her documentary and everyone's like, Oh my God, Demi, I love you so much. You're doing so much for the community right now. I was like, y'all need to watch Demi. (laughs) We need to pay attention to Demi. She's angry as fuck right now. And it's, it's not a bad watch. It's just pay attention. Cause what is to come next from Demi Lovato, she might go through a phase where she might say some stupid shit and get canceled, get in trouble. But She's about to say some cold shit because she's been waiting for people to listen when she was crying for help this entire time mm. and everyone took advantage of her. And now she's getting this opportunity to be who she really wants to be, which is cold right now because she has to be. She has to be cold. Dude, did you hear, did you listen to her on um, Joe Rogan's podcast? Uh-uh. Did she go off? Yeah. Oh, dude. Well, I don't know if she went off because we all have different levels of off but she right, told true, true, true. some blatant blatant story about she was body shamed I, I believe it was for obesity right like she got mean yeah. girled in middle school and then she winds up making it and I forget the details but somehow the alpha mean girl or whoever like the top mean girl is calls her and tries to act like she wasn't a mean girl to Demi Lovato now that Demi Lovato is Demi Lovato Right. And Demi Lovato was basically like plated cordial on the phone, but in her head, this is what she expressed in her head. She was like, I'm a fucking punch you bitch. Yeah. (laughs) And like, dude, Dude, to come out and say that, like when you're talking about, there's some anger in there, you made it, right? Like you've made it millions and fame and opportunity and options. And you get triggered to the point of like wanting to go at somebody because they yeah. they they were dicks to you when you were in seventh grade. Yeah, I mean sometimes it's that rooted. Right? And I, I, as much as I love this anger phase of her, like I hope she goes through the trigger phase because obviously the trigger phase is key that you still got to work on some shit. Um, but yeah, no, like I, I mean even after the voice, man, I had all all. Not all my teachers. One teacher, the one teacher that really fucked shit up for me in high school and, and uh, yeah, just high school, yeah. In high school, reached down. He was like, I'm so proud of you. All these different things. Did an article on me in my little small town. And the amount of people that came out of the woodworks after the show, I was just like, I'm watching you. I'm watching you. And I'm watching you in particular. 
because they weren't really you didn't feel they were like supportive at the time or embracing your creative like fuck your music reading <laughs> yeah they, they they were embracing it but it was almost like they were embracing it just to showcase that they knew me now that i've made it oh no yeah that's what i'm saying so before yeah. like while you were in the school you didn't right. feel the love like that yeah no 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 oh god i mean people like my peers loved me but my teachers like i now, like being an adult, I realized there was a lot of envy um, oh. in particular to what I was doing. Not because I was like anyone extraordinary. I was no in no way a prodigy or anything. It was the freedom that I approached music with that I think people maybe didn't. I'm just a wild child, so I don't like Dude, doing things according to the rules. Uh, I'm, I have some legit concerns. Again, middle school old guy teacher here. Um, yeah, I have some legitimate concerns about kids not feeling free to take risks and fuck up. And I'm not talking about like pill addictions and go try heroin, see if you can deal with right. that kind of stuff. I'm talking about just to go outside of that box to create something that may get criticized right. and to be confident enough that like, well, I thought it was good at the time. Fuck. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's okay. And I think... Uh, right. It's just baffling to me. Like, I remember it was my freshman year. I will never forget this. And he has no idea I remember this shit. The thing is, like, I'm not a grudge holder. A little bit. You're petty. But you're petty. You know, but what's that? <laughs> I say, but you're petty. <laughs> no, I'm far from petty, actually. I wish I was. Man, I wish I was petty sometimes. Shit, I wish I was petty. Oh, I wish I was petty. I'm not a grudge holder. I don't. <laughs> I used to believe in the forgive and forget thing. Okay. Jesus did forgive, but Jesus never forgot. Interesting. Never forgot. He forgave. He never forgot. So that's how my mindset is. Is like I'm. Yes, I've forgiven you, and we can be cordial and all these things. But I have not forgotten. So don't think. And in the sense of I haven't forgotten is more of a boundary, saying uh, I know you, and I know what you were when I wasn't here. So I've set up a boundary so you cannot cross it. We can talk as friends and that is it. You don't get shit from me. You don't get to say that you know me because you don't. Don't benefit off of me. I mean, I don't actually go out and say these to people because I've, <laughs> be I've been rude. You were raised better. <laughs> yeah, even my ex is doing it. Like I had a breakup on the show, like a huge breakup on the show. And then my ex decided that they were going to continue to try to like – they want to bash me to, to, to their friends and to the public and to their family, but then use my face to help build their photography career. Didn't make any sense to me. I was like, I know your nasty ass is not doing this right now. It's just, it's baffling to see how many people that will go that low. But at the end of the day, like you have, I mean, you have the choice whether or not you can be triggered by it and you can choose how you want to retaliate to it, I have wanted many times. Only just, just my ex. I've never wanted to retaliate to my teachers. I didn't know until later that they were envious, I guess. I don't fucking know. I, I feel like um, I distracted you. I was you. like, what's that? Oh, God. See, now you're about to now I distract you from the ex story. I wanted to know what happened freshman year. You left me hanging. <laughs> like, oh, yes, yes, yes. No, I was just about to say, I, freshman year, shit. Oh, yeah, freshman year. Oh. <laughs> Damn it, we really did get in there. Um, freshman year... I was auditioning for the choral, like, singers group. And there are, I don't know if this is all across the U.S., but one of the things that I realized that in small towns, 
I thought this was just on TV. This doesn't, I don't think this happens where I come from, but I don't know. Um, buying your way into things like doctors buying, their, like uh. making sure like they donate a specific amount of money to the school. So their kid gets, you know, blah, blah, blah. blah and it's not things. even that man. Honestly, some of it is just the decision makers running that same social circle. Right. So they buy their way in with that social equity of, I don't want to lose favor with you. Maybe I don't get invited to the cocktail party or the fucking country club golf course, like that right. type of shit. Yeah. But yeah, man. Now that it doesn't have to just be money. I, I think that's a very real thing. Yeah. It's like all over the place shit. Oh, it's so obnoxious. But there's this one girl. She is my Demi Lovato's moment. I would never, I don't want to punch her. Like I, like we are fine. Again, I've forgiven her. I have no animosity towards her, but she is one of the biggest reasons. I will never, ever forget what that bitch said. Oh. Um, but I'm just kidding. She's not a bitch. She's actually really sweet. Um, but we were auditioning for the, um, the singers group. And I, this was prior to my first performance on stage ever. So we're all in this room together working on the national anthem. Because for some reason, they thought it was a smart idea to audition us all on the national anthem. The national anthem shows no form of vocal talent. Oh, so can I, again, not to pause you or not to interrupt, but I've always heard, again, ignorant music guy, that the national anthem is like one of the hardest songs to sing because of the vocal range. It is very hard because of the vocal range. And that, that's only that's the only thing. It's just because of the vocal range. But as far as like um, being able to see a person's voice, that's why people change it up so much. Oh. Vocal it, ability in the national anthem is difficult. Gotcha. It's, it's a hard song. It's a hard song. You can't just sing that song. Most people can't even sing it on pitch because it's hard to stay on pitch on that song. Okay. Um, but because it changes so much, it goes from no 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 to then la la la. Like who wrote that? <laughs> it's good musicking, is what it is. Um, <laughs> okay, that makes more sense then. We oh. were auditioning with the national anthem, and I was petrified already. I was like, "Shit, I'm not gonna make it." Could all these other people—they're probably way better singers. Never heard these people sing in my entire life. I was like, "Not gonna make it. I'm gonna make it. Damn it!" And she. Weeks later, I didn't make it, and I knew why I didn't make it. It was because I think pretty sure my vocal teacher thought I was obnoxious, um, Can, but also he didn't like me, and he didn't like he didn't like what I I did. I just wanted to learn more about music, and he didn't like about the way that I wanted to learn more about music. Because back then, you needed to have one year of piano in order to be in band, and I wanted to learn how to freaking read music or something. Damn, so. Two weeks later, she comes up. To, we were sitting all in the class, the choir classroom or whatever. And I think we were just going through like career day because it's our freshman year. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, what do you want to do when, you know, you get older and you're adult? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, because, you know, we're getting ready for those OBGYN, that bullshit that we did. Where you'd have to go job sit or whatever the hell that is. <laughs> is, is OBGYN? And, Never mind. <laughs> Isn't OBGYN? No, that's medical, isn't it? That's what I thought. Like, I was like, I'm not familiar with it. I thought you were going to get into like menstruation cycles or something. <laughs> I meant to <laughs> For some reason, my brain automatically goes to OBGYN because it, they, the way that they structured it in stupid high school, it started with OG. Uh, it started off like in the same acronyms as that. So I, for some reason, I always get confused. I don't know why. Okay. But that can be a really great laughing moment because that was funny as hell. 
Um, but I meant to say one of those job the the job search things. Right. Job. What are they called? The yeah. job. No, job like yeah, you like do an interest based survey, and it's yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah, wow, based nonsense. on this, you're gonna be an accountant. It's like right, what? exactly. <laughs> so we did we did, we did those tests, and then we did the job fair, and the person I was talking to us so were like, so what? Do you want? Like asked all of us, you know, we all raised our hands, we all took. Uh, Chances saying what we want to do when we go like we're gonna be adults. And I was like, well, I would like to be a professional singer. And this uh, <laughs> human being next to me goes bitch. <laughs> one in a million chance. That's not gonna happen. And I looked over her and I was just like, it's a one in a million chance for you, maybe, but <laughs> cold. I mean, it was just like I don't, I don't know what else you want me to say to that. Like, I, I know it's a one in a million chance. So I'm saying that I'm going to try to be in the one in a million. You try too if you work really hard. But no, it was just, it was interesting, and I just l- recollect back on those days and just how much rejection I got in choir. Um, I started off as a soprano, ended up being one of the male vocalists played a lot of male roles in musicals, never got lead roles in musicals because, let's be honest, I'm brown in a 5,000 town in Kansas, oh and God. most musicals are written with the intent of having sopranos or a white female lead, and that was something they tried to keep. I just, I not to go on a tangent, but man, being a fucking ocean hugger and living in Kansas, no wonder you appreciate the ocean, man. I, I like, hated I couldn't it imagine. there. I'm just kidding. I did it. <laughs> I couldn't imagine though. Like, I feel like that would fuck with me. That would fuck with my orientation on the daily. I don't know how I'd get used to it. No, it was terrible. It was great. It was terribly great. That's what it was. Terribly great. Dude, this is a curious paradigm for me. The fact that um, you're saying people are perceiving you as obnoxious, but you're going to these auditions so unconfident in your in your own head, right? Like, yeah. how is that? How come that doesn't match up? How come you're not just like irrationally confident about yourself, which would make you obnoxious? How, rephrase that again. One more time. Give me one more time. Well... It, it's a weird, like, you're coming across as obnoxious, but on the inside, you're so, you're lacking so much confidence. Right. I think that's what it was. I think a lot of times, I think my freshman year was that journey for me to, to switching that obnoxiousness into, like, confidence. Because it went from being obnoxious and being able to filter that. I'm still obnoxious, but, like, in a attempt. <laughs> a, a more of a socially, not necessarily a sociably acceptable way, but more in a confident way. That I was obnoxious back then, I still am obnoxious, but I think when it came to music, I was, that's, I still am not the most confident when it comes to music. I think that's the only area that's the hardest for me to, to obtain the most confidence. And I think it's just because of how much we compare and contrast vocalists. Like, I was just on a show to compete against who had the best vocals, which is impossible because no one's voice is anything like the others. Interesting. Are, and I'm assuming you're talking about the voice because I'm, I yes. didn't, right? So that was something yes. on your website, the videos, that there was this one like battle round. I, I've never watched, I, I know the show, I've never watched full episodes. But right. When I saw the battle round, it almost looked like two rings where you were going to yeah. like 
maybe I'll, I, I thought it was going to be like, you sing a verse, they sing a verse, you sing a verse. And you guys almost made more like a duet. Our song was unique. Okay. Um, we got an opportunity to sing more of a duet, thankfully. Gotcha. Uh, but usually it is like that. And usually it's on one ring because the reason why we had two rings was because of COVID. But okay. I've now realized looking at this now season that's going on that came right after us. They just treated us like shit. This other season's getting so much better treatment. So it's like, nice to watch. Was it because of COVID though? Like, do you mean like restrictions on you guys just getting restrictions? To- yeah, they just had no idea what they were doing during COVID, and <laughs> they already are not organized. And COVID made it even more unorganized. And yeah, I just feel like we weren't treated as great as this other season in the sense of like things that we were allowed to do. Like we got ridiculed for posting on social media when we would, um, when we were in the hotel or anything. And now this next season is living their best lives. And it seems as though they might not, I think they have the same rules. I just think, I think they're less, for some reason, maybe less harsh in them. I don't know, because I think maybe the beginning of COVID, I, I think it was just a lot of like fear Oh, so I understand why. Yeah, 100%. I, I've seen it in the schools. Like, I mean, in just in Delaware, the little government stuff, the relaxation, it's um, it's definitely different. People were losing their shit. Powerful people who were scared to lose their positions wanted to clamp right. down with the ultimate authority so that they could keep their jobs. Right, exactly. So, yeah, that's what, exactly what I think it is. If it's just like I, as frustrating as that is to see, like, obviously, it's because things are becoming more you know, lenient for them now that it's possible. The judgment thing's interesting because you're so right. Like it's like, you can't judge art. And I'm a very like metric driven guy. I coach basketball and I I like telling a kid if they're not in the game, I'm like, I'm sorry, man, I've watched you for two weeks in practice and you can't shoot free throws compared to that guy. Or you're a less of a percentage of a free throw maker. You've both had the opportunity. You both got to shoot 10. You're six out of 10. He's eight out of 10. So if I need a free throw, guess who I'm going with? Eight out of 10. Right. But vocally, like there's not like, oh my God, you hit this number, right? And that has to be hella frustrating for someone who's- Oh God, man. The amount of flipping times these people were like, well, what if you just belted it out? I personally am not a vocal belter. Would you prefer for me to never sing again? (laughs) Because if I belt right now, I'm going to cause vocal damage. Your request is not impartaining to me. You're not respecting my instrument. So please, don't tell me how to sing. Now, I will say, though, yes, there are times that that they push me in ways that I didn't think that I could go, that I did go. Um, But was it the healthiest form? Probably not because I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it on a regular basis. So my voice isn't usually up in the rafters on a regular basis. So I have to push my voice a little bit further. Um, so there are a couple of things that I did technically wrong on the show, which I'm fine with. But for the most part, no, it's just impossible. It's impossible to look at uh, me and then look at Kelly Clarkson and be like, okay, Kelly Clarkson, we need you to hit this low note for us. Thank you. What? That's not possible. Her vocal range cannot touch that. I had a student, an adult student. It's it really is a strong ignorance in the music industry, and I it's not the music industry, the outside world. Um, I had a music student that came into me, and she was coming in to learn piano. 
And she might be in like her 50s or so. Good for her. Very, 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 what's the word? Articulate and particular about what she wants. Like she's very, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was necessarily like a snob thing, but she was just like, always made it known when there was a problem, like always had an issue. Maybe, I don't know. High maintenance. I don't know if high maintenance is it. I don't know. Opinionated. Yeah, that's. Like, opinionated. I, I don't know. I can't really give a title to it because I really don't know the lady. So I don't want to assume what she is if that's not what she is. But <laughs> she came in and took some lessons from me. And we did a couple couple piano rounds. She was testing. I think she was testing me out another piano, pianist out. And I don't teach classically. I hate it. I teach it. I teach it to depending on what the student wants. So for not hate it. Strong word. Um, but <laughs> I didn't enjoy the concept of teaching classical more than anything. They would go to the other teacher to learn like theory. Um, I was the one that's like, Hey, you want to learn how to play piano and play it by ear and we can incorporate sheet music and theory. Yeah. But for the most part, I'm going to teach you how to be free. No doubt. And you'll actually be like the life of the party when you go. You're like, you'll, you'll yeah, be the yeah, person. Yeah. We want you to be life of the party, fun. not the hymn player. Cause those are great. <laughs> In all due time, but people want life of the party, not the hymn player. And she was wanting to do piano for karaoke. And we started breaking down theory. Because in order to do that, you have to understand key signatures. So here's something that you're about to learn too. Um, in order to sing, multiple, in order to play in multiple different keys, which is A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So you can choose whichever key. In order to play in different versions of a song. You have to know a specific structure for that. And I was teaching her <laughs> this structure. And I teach it, I teach everything like I would teach a kid. Because even adults need to be taught like they're a kid. Yeah, because cognitively they're there if they're if they don't know it. Exactly. Exactly. So I break it down like kid form and she still doesn't get it. So I'm like, okay, well let's break it down with the piano, because I know I'm a visual learner too. So let's imply it to scales. So let's play a G major scale. Play the G major scale. Come to find out that she doesn't enjoy taking lessons with me because I don't think I was. I don't think she want. She wanted the way that I was teaching her. So one day we sat down. We broke down theory as to why I. Well, after she made this issue, I broke down as to why I was giving her this theory lesson because she didn't bring up the issue to me. She brought it up to my boss. And I was like, well, here's the reason why I'm teaching you these key signatures. Because when you're de dealing with multiple different vocalists, you're going to need to know how to change the key signature based on the vocalist. Oh, damn. She right. broke that down for so, me. That makes so much sense, right? Because I would assume if you're whatever, if you're super high, then you've got to move the range up so there's not such right. a gap. Is that? Right. Oh, exactly. That's exactly what it, it is. Up. Hey, so, man, do you need me to write a review? What's the website? I'll just give you five stars right now. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I might need, I might, I'll, I'll send you some stuff on uh, Instagram. But yeah, no. That makes she total would, sense. It was just that the concept was, was foreign to her. And I was just like, I don't know how to make it make any more sense to you because I broke it down in any way possible. And she was just like, I don't understand why this is important, though. And I was Fucking just like, karaoke? Are you kidding me? That makes total sense. Like, you don't know right. who's going to get up there. You should be able to hear and be like, oh, and again, I know nothing about music. Right. Nothing. I like, I know a scale is some sort of pattern, but like, right. oh my God, if they're, there's the bra up here. 
let me move it up. Right. Like that. that just right, exactly. So and you have to go based on what the person is going to physically be able to do. So I was just, she was just like, well, I said, well, the reason why you're learning key signatures is so if, if someone comes in and they can't sing the song in the original key signature, you're going to have to know how to transpose it. Which transposing meaning just saying uh, if a chord, if a chord progression in the key signature is in the key of G, say the chord progression is G, D, and then back to G. Mm -hmm. And she has to transpose that to the key of A, then she's going to have to transpose that key now to go, instead of G, it's going to be A, and instead of D, it's going to be C, and then it goes back to A. Right. That's just music theory, so it would make... In her head, it would make sense if she was looking at the board and seeing what I was doing. But, um, yeah, that's right, right? G, yeah, D, that's a C. I was just making sure I did my, my theory because some music, musician is going to come on here and be like, that's wrong. <laughs> but No, no wonder was just, she was upset with you. And you're like, Fuck No it. wonder! <laughs> my brain is, sometimes it farts things. I said O-B-G-Y-N earlier. So. Dude, that was awesome. I was uh, so like, wait, did you go to some sort of weird sexist school where they were like, women, I all you're to supposed to do is like reproduce and stay in the kitchen? Was that your I job? I went to the original Handmaid's uh, <laughs> <laughs> high school. That's exactly but what I I went to Gilead. Gilead. Just all around each other when you're birthing. Like, right. <laughs> Gilead 2012. <laughs> Honestly, that's what growing up in a small town feels like, Gilead. Um, <laughs> but no, we had this conversation. She was just like, I don't understand why this is important. And I broke it down to her. And she was like, well, can't that vocalist just adjust? And I was like, I, I, man, it was in this moment I had to contain myself because I was triggered. Yeah, That meant that I was triggered. And I had to contain myself. And I was just like, no, a vocalist cannot move to you. And she was like, why? And I was like, because your name is the accompanist. You are not the vocalist. You play for the vocalist, not the other way around. So, so no, help they me. don't, you change for them. Help me to understand and relate it to, and maybe this would be the wrong analogy. I'm thinking of like basic strength, right? So if I can bench press 150 pounds, and say my current vocal range is 150 pounds. Right. Can't I work stronger or are there just natural limits to vocals? Because that's something I can't understand or I don't understand. Right. Yes and no. Um, I This is something I'm still sh shopping around to understand. Um, I do teach – I teach basic vocal health. So I know the basics of stuff. But from what I have gathered – the chest, so there's many different versions of your voice. For the male, is the chest voice into the falsetto, um, which is that's just transitioning from their big voice into this airy voice. And then in between that, you've got their mixed voice, which is a combination of both of those. Um, from what I'm understanding, from what I've been researching, the chest voice cannot be stretched. Um, your mm. voice can only go so far with a belt, which from what I'm seeing is accurate. And then it transitions into the mixed phase and then into the falsetto. Now the falsetto and the mixed phase are a lot easier to manipulate and extend because they're not the like, they're not the true part of your voice, if that makes sense. And I could be saying this incorrectly, but they're not the true part of your voice. That's why it's called the falsetto. Yeah. I so get, 
part of your voice, maybe. I don't know. Let's, let's say a different part of your voice. Um, Why would that make it easier to manipulate? I think it's easier to manipulate because it takes – I don't – man, I can't, I can't answer that. I can't. Yeah, I can't. I, so I'm still understanding. I went from like thinking of bench pressing and I started thinking of like more like flexibility and if I'm trying to touch my toes – and if right. I stretch more, right? Like, I guess that would probably be a better analogy. Right. And then, but, and you think about it though, certain people's bodies can only stretch to a, a, a specific way. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and it wouldn't even just be straight touching your toes. Cause the range would also then be like, how far can you bend your arms one way? How can you stretch exactly. your toes? And then when you move it all depends your on legs the vertebrae. Apart, right? right. Okay. Now so as I'm much stretch. as you can, right. As much as you can stretch, as much as you can stretch it, you're stretching it in a different way. Whereas in the chest voice, I, I feel like the chest voice is the most like true permanent side of you. Whereas in your, your mixed voice and your falsetto in the male register is almost like a manipulation of the, the chest voice is what I imagine it is. wrong. Well, no, that would make sense because if it's not your natural voice, you've been manipulating it. So it should be more flexible because it's been being flexed. Exactly. And whereas in the female voice, they have a different makeup. So the female, instead of saying the female is, we will say the female has a chest voice and a mixed voice. But instead of saying that they have a falsetto, we call it the head voice. Now, the head voice is the female's true floaty. The falsetto is an imitation of a head voice. Does that make sense? Yeah. And again, so when I think of falsetto, I think of dudes who are castrated. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right, just making um, sure. Yeah. Right, like it's that really it's high, like prepubescent kind of a voice. Right, and not necessarily either. So, like, for instance, there's a guy on our season, John Holiday. Some people's voice boxes are built to go higher. That man sings higher than me. So, some people are just, you can train yourself to even stay in that register, especially for men, too. Um, I think you can train, train yourself to be in a specific register. And I'm sure you can probably stretch your... Your, your chest voice. It's still something that I'm trying to, to dabble with myself, but I know I can change my range. The attack on how I attack it is different than in comparison to knowing that I can touch those notes. Like I can think some manly notes. Do I sing those manly notes accurately and, and, and phonate, it, phonate it correctly? No. Can I sing it? Yes. Dude, that's something I hadn't thought about. And I, I just... um. Again, going with the flexibility analogy, I've never had to like do a backbend in front of somebody and then them be like, yeah, well, on top of the backbend, I want you to do a split. And by the way, you have one week to learn how to do a split and get to that flexibility level. And right. Is and that, say, was that okay. was kind of what was going down with you. Like, cause you're in a time crunch, right? Right. Yep. That's yeah. essentially what it is. It's like, especially when it came to lives, I had three days to prepare my song. Um, and I was flustered because yeah, at this dude, time I went through the breakup and then had having to rearrange a song within three days and be ready to perform it in front of a band was insane. Like it was just a different level. And she was asking for me, Gwen was asking for me to do some belty shit. And I was like, I love that you want that for me. I personally don't want that for me because I know what I'm going to feel like after. And I don't want to go on two week vocal rest after if uh... I proceed to, to competition. Because I know when I get to a certain point of my chest voice, this is me knowing my voice, that I have to belt and I know where my register is. It's growing still and sometimes declining. Your, your female registers go down by age. Um, but 
I know where I stop. So when I know I'm getting close to my, my, my stop, I pull more, which is bad technique. So I know when I'm going there, when I'm going to fuck shit up. And it, it, it helps to go into a situation like that, knowing your voice. Cause you know, when it's not okay to sing those notes, cause some people do go in that situation and they allow themselves to be belting and screaming. And I'm like, that means that if you continue the competi- competition, that you're probably not going to be able to sing for the next one. Cause I would rather not be vocally fatigued. So especially if it's that quick, like three days to me, like I'm yeah, just trying three to days think of a time turn around. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think they intended for it to be that way. I think a lot of things were probably different. During- Got you. I don't know. Turnarounds were pretty quick on the show. I think like I, as soon as I got done with battles, it was a turnaround for knock knockouts. So I had, I luckily, I'm a, when it comes to music, I don't play around. So as soon as I, <laughs> I got ready, arranged mine, ready, arranged it and everything. I was like, I know what I want this song to sound like. Arranged it within two days of getting my song. I already knew what I was doing, going with it. It seems like your mind works out. Again, knowing nothing about music, man, I've been so impressed. Just the vibe I get from you, the creative flow. It seems like you would just see that shit and it would start morphing. That's what it does. That's exactly what it does. <laughs> hey. I see it in. Yeah. You, so, you get, yeah, I get yeah. that vibe. I have, um, I have two questions because I'm super curious. Uh, if I was a basketball and I'm into basketball, I aspire to be maybe high school coach. Right now, I'm a middle school coach, which is just above like YMCA level, right? Respect wise. I love that. <laughs> but I love that. If like Coach K or a college coach came and gave me suggestions, not saying you're right or wrong, but just going through the engagement of it it would be so hard for me to stick to my truth like you're doing with i know my range and i'm curious was it like was it difficult at all to look at someone like gwen who fucking like ain't no holler back girl like she's fucking legit legit she is no holler back girl and and it's like okay now but no i'm sorry gwen like i I wouldn't even be like do you even say the first name and you're like no no gwen here's what i'm saying (laughs) i literally honestly it was just like i just said okay the thing is like i man i love critique i love critique so when someone comes at me with new ideas i'm like okay let me work that in let me see how i did and i worked it i worked it and i was like i texted the the vocal teacher and i was like "Mm mm-mm it's not happening. And I was just like, I know she wants it, but it's not happening. And I would, she was just like, are you sure? And I was like, I'm positive. I love my voice and I like using it. I'm not doing that to destroy it. Do you know you're like fucked at that moment? Is that one of those like reality show contestant things where I'm not going to go the way the judge wants yes. me to go and I'll, I, I like, yes. I'm done. It, uh, it is one of those fucked moments, but the thing is, the one thing that I loved about Gwen is she trusted me. She trusted my artistry, which I loved because at first when it came to like, when we did battles, like if you look at the battles reality, she would, she would question how much I changed cover songs. She was like, well, why would you change a cover song? They write it that way for like, they write that song that way for a reason. But for her, that makes sense. In my brain, it doesn't make any sense because I'm like, because we're meant to create off of each other in my head, but I don't, I'm not going to say that to Gwen freaking Stefani. <laughs> I just said, okay. In my head, I'm like, I don't agree with you. And that's okay. I'm glad you like to sing cover songs. Exactly the same. I cannot sing like Whitney Houston. So I will not sing it the exact same. 
I'm sorry. Yeah. I can't. I can't sing it the exact same melody. It can't be done. I, um, I liked your NSYNC version better. Um, with you and the guitar. You. Like, dude, I thought that shit, like, I didn't, it took me, so I, I didn't remember the NSYNC song based on the title, and I'm drawing a blank now. Um, uh, it's gonna be me. It's gonna be me. Yeah, the fucking puppets, yeah. right? The marionette yeah. thing. Like, like dun, 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 dun. yes. Yep. Dude, so I, I saw the title, I'm like, fuck, man, what NSYNC song is that? And it took me almost to when you got to the hook, where I was like, it's the puppets. Yes. Like, it, it was so, to me, it was so original. Like, you had made it into, like, the stuff that I'm listening to on the album while I'm cleaning out my Jeep tonight. <laughs> like, it, it was yeah. just like this, like, folky kind of get lost in your thoughts kind of a thing almost like a haze <laughs> like an opium yeah, yeah 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 yeah. that's exactly <laughs> what i wanted to do because here's the thing after lives i was planning to level the fuck up so <laughs> like it was going to be a different level if i had stayed on the competition stayed in the competition but no she, she definitely it was definitely an interesting thing and gwen is not necessarily like she's an all-around musician so she's a musician and performer and all those things so she was just like i you know i i'm not the best at this because i'm not i don't call myself necessarily a vocalist but she was like you should do this and blah 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 blah. see how that feels she was just really open she was just like i really like your approach with this song because you kept the melody and also showed a little bit of you in there yeah and there are a couple of things that she implemented like the, how i ended the song i chose to do it the way that she wanted me to do it but she wanted me to like full on full voice it and i couldn't full voice it do you get like total creative control because it seems like you it, is it insulting to say you enjoy creative control <laughs> no it's not insulting at all right? i love creative control because you I just seem it. like you fucking see it man and you may might not be yes. able I, I don't know like i shouldn't even say can't articulate it because you produce or you make it uh, now i feel like weird with my words about producing but it seems no, like okay. you know you're able to it's like telling the artist with a blank blank canvas hey blah 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 this here maybe in this corner it's like motherfucker i got it in my head Right, like, like I got it. Right, Just right, let me right, do right. my thing. Do you get right. that ability when you're rearranging it? It's your decision ultimately, or do you get influenced? I get inputs. I love collaboration. So, as much as I love the creative process, one of my favorite things to do is get outside input because I know for a fact, yes, my brain creates all these things, but at the end of the day, it doesn't hear things that my guitarist will hear or my bassist will hear or my drummer will hear. I'll be like, oh my God, I didn't even think about doing that right there. And then you're right. Please do that. And we will all follow you. So yes, really difficult task on the show to relinquish creative control because I actually luckily had most of the creative controls over all my arrangements. They liked what I did. Um, they, the only thing that she was didn't like was the arrangement that I had for, my battles, they changed that. Um, and they changed it for the better. So I was thankful for that. Um, and then, yeah, not, uh, knockouts. I arranged my, myself with another artist on the show and then kind of did the same thing with my old battles partner. When she left the show, I called her and we broke down the NSYNC song. And I, I was wondering like, who do you get to bounce ideas off of? It seems like you would be so isolated. You are isolated, but I guess you can, like, only people that know that you're in the competition, you can probably bounce ideas off of. But in reality, it's just you and you by yourself. You have to bounce ideas off yourself, so. Dude, that's... It's, I don't know. it's a blast. Was it a blast? 
It was. It was up and down for me. It was torturous and fun. Like, the process of the show was so fun. Like, standing in front of, you know, people that you never thought you'd ever sing in front of. Like, yes, Kelly, Gwen, uh, Kelly and Blake are dope. But, like, John and Gwen have been a huge part of my, up, like, upbringing in music. So, it was really cool to, you know, stand in front of those people. And then freaking meet <laughs> Usher. I got to meet Usher, which that was a huge part of my upbringing, too. So that's that was the blast. That was the blast, and being able to like actually, the man who I used to sing all the time, two of them, Usher and John, got to hear me sing and became fans of me is very confusing. Yeah, I could see that, right? I I don't know what the parallel would be for like an ordinary person, but right. <laughs> even though they're like ordinary people too, it's just seeing yeah. how far they succeeded in music. It's just, yeah. Right. Cause they got to like shit, right? Like they got a favorite yeah. hamburger. They got, they got a yeah. pizza. That's their favorite. They like McDonald's. They mm-hmm. like French fries. Exactly. And it, it's one of those weird things where you're like, holy shit, they actually appreciate this about me where all I've done is see them as something to appreciate. Never thinking they actually right. appreciate. Yeah. No, I, I loved watching this show and how John grew. He he grew to like who I was as, as an artist. Like I remember watching it from blinds to all the way to knockouts and how he eventually was standing up for me, which I was like, Oh my God, John legend is throwing his praise hands and saying sing page to me on national television. You guys. So how, um, what was your family's reaction to it? They were pretty excited for me. I think they feel the same way when it comes to like fame. Like I, I don't. I wish I could be a fangirl sometimes. I don't get it. I fangirl over the musicians more than the artists because uh. it's they're creating it. Like when I, so I had a really cool opportunity when I was going to rehearsal during lives. I was getting released from one of my vans at the rehearsal studio rehearsal studio section, and there's a uh, specific area that they have us rehearse that usually. Um, sometimes you'll, you're running to celebrities and freaking Justin Bieber was 20 feet, not even 20 feet, 10 feet in front of me, filming all his dancers, just getting ready before they went into rehearsal, their rehearsal room. And I was just, I could only see the back of his head. I didn't see his face or anything, (laughs) but his DJ walked over to me and we talked about his shirt more than anything. And I was like, Oh, is that Justin? He was like, yeah. And I was like, so what do you do? Are you the DJ? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, can you tell me where you got your shirt from, though? Because I really want your shirt. And then I ended up meeting his bandmates back at our hotel. They were staying at the hotel with us. And ended up kicking it with them and smoking some weed. And we had a good time. It was really cool. I just, I like the people behind the scenes. Yeah, that's... I. That ex- not only, I guess, the publicity from appearing on it, but I guess it would be things like that that I hadn't thought about that would be just the cool-ass perks of going on a show like that. Yeah, I've met so many cool people. So many cool people. Yeah. That... I never would have thought, like, I would have had the opportunity to just meet. In your brain, you're like, you know, that's a possibility of meeting them someday, but they're so popular that that's impossible. But then all of a sudden you're standing in front of them and you're like, huh, you used to be on my television screen. Now you're in my face. <laughs> now I poke you. Oh my God, you smell like lavender. That's amazing. Wow, I didn't know you like <laughs> lavender. Me too. It's, I think it's, it's, a, it's a human thing. Like before I left the show, I was like, I have to make sure what's in those cups. 
because I need to make sure that drunk that Blake is actively getting drunk on TV because he is. I think I know. he probably is. I have no idea. I think he's so funny. Uh, but him and I asked John. I was like, "So what's in the cup?" And John was like, "Uh," he like laughed and he goes, "Hemp water." I was like, "John, is it hemp water or hemp water?" <laughs> CBD oil floaters. Yeah, he just laughed. He was just I needed answers, so I'm assuming. <laughs> plausible deniability plausible i was just like i got it and that was when i knew i was being eliminated so i was like <laughs> i'm asking all the boosty ass questions ask me questions because this is my last time on stage dude that's hilarious how um what was your goal for going on like the blue check originally the goal was to to establish an audience quickly so I already had an audience building, but I wanted to get myself out a little bit faster. What made you feel that pressure that you wanted to like speed up the process? Being fed up. <laughs> <laughs> With Karens that come in pissed off that they are the accompaniment. <laughs> it's, I think I was just more pissed off at the fact that I was working my ass off. And watching people that just post one video that just sent them going and they just went off and went viral. And I was just like, dude, why are my videos not doing that? But is that a career though for them? Like if, if you become viral off that one song, do they then get to keep producing, keep making? Do they get these weird connections and the ability to have more unique sounds or something? Nah. That's the thing. And that's why right? I I tell myself, it's okay to be angry about it. But at the end of the day, the long and painful journey is the way to go about it. Because you don't, you want to build an authentic audience. You don't want to build people that are just coming to you, you know, for their next fix. If, I feel as though the industry, and this is not just the music industry. This is the, uh, the acting industry, theater industry, um, whatever industry that involves entertaining human beings. We are addiction fixers. Mm. We fix, we, we help people. When people, as, like, it's like going to a pharmacy. When I know I have a headache, I go in the section for ibuprofen or whatever the situation. You pick and select which one you want, right? I, I hope you consult your OBGYN before you do. Uh, I hope I would have <laughs> consulted. <laughs> no, I would definitely go to the job fair for that one. That's a job fair type of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that was really good I really like that I'm a type of person I like making fun of my mistakes people always ask me like are you sure you want to post that you're okay with me posting this ugly picture I'm like are you kidding this shit is funny <laughs> dude how else but it, that that's again goes to what you're saying about trying to just have like a genuine audience where people can maybe connect with you like that's that's real right like you you right. have to so just funny story. Today we're doing, I don't know if you'll find it funny, but if you like kids, you'll find it funny. Today was field day at our school, right? So 12, 13 year olds, you're in your class, you do all these stupid races like egg toss or egg run on a spoon, balloon toss. <clears throat> I love those. No doubt, right? So I'm in charge of, that's why my voice is so coarse because I was yelling all day. So I'm in charge of the um, water bucket relay. So you get a cup, 
you sprint a red solo cup, you sprint whatever, 20 yards to a bucket, you fill up your red solo cup with water, you run back, you dump it in your bucket, hand it off to a teammate, they go down and repeat for two minutes, right? So because we're cynical or pleasure-seeking adults in a very pure way, not in some nasty way, we just make the ground as wet and muddy as possible. <laughs> so these kids, and then my job is to hype them up to get them sprinting, knowing that as soon as they want to stop, they're just going to fall and it's going to be hilarious, right? Like that's yes. the thing. And the beauty of it is when the kids fall and they embrace the fall, they don't get self-conscious. They don't like feel awkward. Right. They, they don't like, oh my God, everyone's laughing. It's like, no, dude, everyone should be laughing. It was hilarious. You busted your ass. Now get up, yeah. use the cup, drip water the whole way. You're going to lose or you're going to win. Who right. cares? But it's the moment, the experience. You just entertained us, man. And like, that's a real organic connection, right? It's not, right. It, it's not staged. So if you're willing to do those kind of things, like be vulnerable and not worry about like being perfect, to me, that's empowering a society that's getting more filtered and seeking perfection. Auto-tune, like you've been mentioning a bunch of times. Yeah, we just, we have to, we have to at some point. I think we're headed towards such an artificial world now that at some point we have to keep we have to keep something that's organic. Yeah, authentic. Because that, that's what people are. That's what – like you, you fuck yeah, up all the time. Yeah, and I man. feel like music is going towards that realm where yeah. I'm, we're not going to recognize what the hell music – like instruments are being used anymore because stuff, stuff is so saturated production-wise. And I'm the opposite of that. I'm like, okay, so let's find every way to make sure that every instrument in the world is in this. And you can tell that it's an instrument because <laughs> it's dying. It's dying. Soon people are not going to even be playing instruments on stage. And I would not like to be living that in that time period. Have you so, done shit with like a symphony or something like that? I haven't been able to do anything with a symphony yet. I have done stuff with like string um, quartets and... Sorry, I just chugged some water. Um, <laughs> My vocals reminded you of it. String like, company. What's sounds- that? I was like, my vocals reminded you of that. You were like, yo, he sounds harsh as shit. Let me make sure he I take care harsh. of mine. He sounds harsh. Let me get some. No, mine's <laughs> sounding really harsh right now. I have to go record here in a little bit, actually. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, well, daytime over here. Yeah, that's right. I, I always forget that. Yeah, it's um, the time difference. Always, uh, messes with me. The time difference in people who are actually productive and driven, motivated. Oh, yeah. This is my time. This is when I strive my best. Are you? Said. I'm a night owl, one thousand percent. Gotcha. Yes. All right. Well, Paige, let me get you out of here on this. And you've been giving me a bunch of cool stories. Um, you can take it in any direction you want, which I feel you do with most things anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll end the podcast with this. Can I get your best first for last? We've saved the best first for last. Sponsored by Abstinence. Waiting makes it worthwhile. Can I get your best first for last? It's What's my, that mean? It's my only like gimmicky segment and it's capitalistic hopes of me getting it sponsored. So no pressure. But basically, you know how you say like best for last, like you save the best for last? Got you. I feel like when you get to know someone, you get to hear a bunch of their first experiences or the first time they whatevered. 
So I tried to do like a creative play on words, like best first for last thing. And I just enjoy like where people's minds, where unexpectedly they get spurred, like what's one of your best first experiences? And just hearing where people's minds go. Right. Okay. I like that. What's my best? I'm, hmm. What's my best first for last? I think one of the cool, <laughs> this is about to get weird. I mean, it's not going to be a thing, but I think one <laughs> of my best first for last was the first time that I tried shrooms. No. Like a whole strip. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy. But I think the reason why that's my best first for last is because that's when I started answering a lot of questions that I had that weren't being answered. And I started finding a path that was more clear to those, towards those answers, if that makes any sense. So like I started recognizing why I felt this way or why this was a thing or why I was being traumatized by something. I think it was just a great time because it was just a, a almost like a spiritual spiritual physical emotional and just all all in all renewing so i think yeah a lot of people speak about psychedelics like that do you do you have a couple minutes i don't want to be like a time hoarder do you have a couple oh, yeah, minutes a couple to minutes. Like get into it a couple minutes about psychs i love awesome. tell me about the so what was it how old were you were you in kansas you're just walking around a cornfield you stumble across some fungi <laughs> and you're like that is so perfect um stumbled around some cow piles got me <laughs> exactly right off the piles um, no actually my first experience with shrooms was last year okay um because of being so much in the bible belt literally i don't know it's not a bible belt i guess i was in the church so heavily in my youth um i devoted all my time to to industry and all my music to industry and all that crazy stuff. So I never had the opportunity to actually like try things that everybody was doing. Right. So I tried it for some last year. A majority of it was out of, not necessarily out of fear too, but yeah, some of it was out of fear. My weed one was definitely out of fear. Shrooms was very much fear for me. Like and you wanted to try it because you were scared of it? No, I didn't want to try it because I was uh, afraid of it. And uh, I was afraid of all the horror stories. It was tell like people were telling about it and you know, how it was portrayed um by friends or whoever thanks eminem do you remember that song that eminem song oh god or do you remember the freaking all the mtv infomercials i do not there was like many weed commercials what's wrong with her she's like this again why because she just smoked pot it was like on the couch like laid on the couch like somebody just steamrolled them yes what that's not what being high is like it's actually i'm very functional high but my first time was with um my ex-partner and we it was right before quarantine just gotten back from a backpacking trip and i just remember looking at them and i was like how do you look at this and not believe in God or a creator that someone created this existence. Like I was just like, I don't even care if you think a grass blade created it, which I don't think that's really possible. I don't know. But I was just like, how do you look at this and not think that something created this? And they were just like, well, I don't know. And then we moved up from the question. But then I took, this was the first full one. The last one, I, the first time I, 
consumed shrooms was a microdose and I just saw the like prettier side and I didn't realize how sensitive my body was to things until I tried shrooms right and the moment I took it most people it takes about like 30 minutes it takes me about 10 to 15 minutes and I'm soaring and (laughs) I remember the first part of it was ass I hated the come up I hated it because at that moment, I was going through all these control things of like, oh, fuck, they're right. This is what it feels like. Shit. Oh, my God. I'm about to experience some dark shit. Oh, no. Like I, everything that everyone was telling me just started to become started to flood its way. And right. and I remember looking up at my um, my wall in my apartment and just closing my eyes and just saying, sleep it off. That's the only way. Oh, giving up on it too quick. Yes. And then when I close my eyes. I realized that I couldn't do that either because I was being confronted with the same shit when I closed yeah, my right? eyes. <laughs> That's the beauty. So, like, dude, you're not escaping this. I was this. like, it's worse. <laughs> it's worse in here. Oh my God. Let me open my eyes. <laughs> and the moment that I, I said, you know what? Let me just let this control go. I was dealing with so much nausea. I was freaking out. At first, yeah. I was playing Call of Duty. I love Call of Duty. Okay. I was playing Call of Duty while I was playing, uh, coming up. And once it started hitting, I was like, we got to shut this shit off. I can't, I cannot, there's too much going on. I cannot handle gunfire right now, dear love of God. (laughs) And once I went through, I think I just went through this, I want to say euphoria, Hmm. where I was, I had this blatant conversation with God and I don't really call him God anymore. I call him the creator. Okay. I don't know. I mean, you can call him God if you want. God, and it was just this very calming voice, which after I left the church, I've started to experience a different side of God than I did in the church. And we were just talking, he was just talking about all the negative things that I was encountering while I was on the shroom, shroom trip. And he was just like, oh yeah, that's that. How do you think you're going to handle this, this situation now? And I was like, oh, okay. I don't know. You tell, aren't you supposed to be telling me how to handle the situation? <laughs> you're the one with the answers. And so I'm asking you. <laughs> yeah. I'm the one that's high right now. You're the one that's supposed to be making sense to me. And I think the moment that I started allowing myself to allow the drug, not necessarily allow the drug, the psychedelic, yes, the psychedelic to do what it was there to do and allowed myself to give control over to the freedom of it. Mm. There's yeah. just this night and day flip, and I, I um, always say that my nausea comes when I'm I'm dealing with something because usually right after I accept whatever I'm going through and accept the negativity and accept oh, okay, that's what I need to learn right now and let me figure out how to go about that. I literally just puke right after, just right after, and I puked up um, <laughs> all the shroomies and then got up from that point and my God, I was a Live chicken. I literally was just like, oh my God, this is the best. And my partner at the time was like slowly coming up and they were going through all kinds of crazy shit, but not in a bad way. And I went and played guitar and I lived my best life. I took a bath that day. I went outside, saw cool shit. And I was like, whoa, I'll do this all day. Not really. I'll never do this all day, (laughs) but I want to do it again after that. But it's amazing when the most basic ordinary shit is amazing. It makes you feel like a child, like a two year old discovering a soft patch of grass 
or a bird for the first time. That's tw- and you're like, oh my god, I didn't know birds could be blue and red. What the fuck? Yeah, exactly. Here's the thing. That's how I view my entire life. I am a walking child, so like I'm constantly either in trees playing with sticks, right. finding like. <laughs> If it, I'm always at the beach, and first thing I do is find a stick nonchalantly. I don't I have no idea that I'm doing it. Find a stick, and I'll just start playing in the dirt and doing childlike things. And shrooms made me – it elevated that childlike spirit. It made me feel right. like – you know what it did? It took away the adult. It took away the adult responsibility. It weighs you down, doesn't it? Yes. All, all, it took all away the, the burdens of adultness. Yeah, because you just keep going forward. Right? Your mind can never be present and enjoy because nope. you're always thinking about the next. What's the consequence? What's the repercussion? Right. What is this going to cost? How much time? Blah, blah, blah. And it, it fucks you, man. It takes so much of the joy out of moments. Right. Yeah, I saw a post the other day that said, stop micromanaging your manifestations. And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> because... It's so that was such a powerful statement because even though we're manifesting, knowing that this, if if we project this into the universe, it will come to us if it's meant for us. Mm-hmm. We still find a way to try to find our way to it instead of allowing the universe to bring, you know, bring it and trusting trust issues. We all got them. Yeah, well, because it's hard. It's hard to feel like I don't know why that is. Like your people are narcissistic, but at the same time, they feel like shit ain't gonna go their way. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a weird I mean, paradigm. the best narcissists are the ones that feel like shit. Oh. Said that. Yeah, we didn't even get into your college education, but I feel like Whoa. you're spoken on this subject, young lady. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we're going to have to just do another podcast. Dude, I'd love, I'd love to have you. So um, I may claim you. I don't know if I'll claim you as a bestie, but can I claim you as what's right below a twin flame? Have you gotten that far into the astrology <laughs> stuff? Yes, I, I my, my current partner right now is my twin flame. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm not trying to take that space. I don't want that smoke. But <laughs> um, you can be you can be my tribe family. Thank you. I, I will accept that. Yes. Please, dude. Yes, I, I love I love vibing with you. I love chatting with you. I love getting to know you, yes. Paige. Um, thank you so much for so much of the time. I honestly thought I would have to coax you into like an hour, and we're two plus, and I didn't feel um I felt like it went honestly too quick. <laughs> I know. I was like, I looked, I kept looking at the looking at time. I was like, holy shit, we've been talking for two hours. Dude, I, can... I, I love it, man. I thank you for your well, insights. Thank you for your time. And yes. um, I can't wait to, when when does the whole like album come out? We didn't even fucking talk about the album, dude. We started talking about That's okay. About That's for another day. It's because we talked about the shit that needed to be said today. There That's what. There it is. Eben, oh, um, the album's going to come out at the end of July. End of July. So, all It's and- actually in June. I'm going to release the date soon. Oh, okay. Awesome. Off the record, I'm thinking, where's my phone? It's still a thinky thing because I'm still thinking about things that I want to put on the album because I'm plotting out a, a monstrous release. So I, I'm thinking probably like the last week of July and I'm thinking I'm probably not even going to market it depending on how June goes. Okay. So. Well, I don't want to take too much of your time, but you fucking know how to intrigue me with like monstrous things. I, I, I just want to hear more because I enjoy the way you Yeah, well, let's think. keep in touch. No, let's definitely keep in touch then. 100%, yeah. man, because I'm too. excited to see what manifests from your mind. Yeah, thank you. Me too. I really like your mind. We think alike. Awesome. Well, Paige, What's your sign? 
Um, is cancer? July fourth is my birthday. I think that's cancer, right? Yeah, yeah, cancer. What's your What's your communication? Do you know what your house is in communication? No, dude. So the only reason I know about twin flame and shit is because of the podcast. I got to speak to a couple of like they called themselves woo woo people, and they like tried what to. What the hell? But yeah, they tried to educate me on it, like the the parallel realms and how your soul goes around and gets split. And really your circle of friends is like these five things towards enlightenment. And it's life is just redundant kind of a thing, but um, uh, redundant. I agree word. with majority of those. I would say I would agree with majority of those things. I think oftentimes we are so quick to just jump right man, I think it's a beautiful thing when people are starting to discover um, faith and religion and stuff like that and question things. I think one of my one of my things that I've realized that I am hesitant to do right off the bat is feel 100% for a, a topic right off the bat. So for instance, mm. let's let's navigate through, through dating because this is a great way analogy for me to make it make sense. Um, when I introduce myself to someone or if I find someone attractive, usually I'm attracted to their, their physical. Um, I would consider myself queer, but I'm not really, I call myself 2% gay because I'm attracted to energy more than I'm attracted to physical. I'm not really, I just love people. And if I happen to be with a woman, it's fine. I don't like labels. So I don't, I don't resonate with any, I just say, Hey, I like people. Yeah, the energy thing is a good way to put it, right? Like you just vibe. Yeah, with just yeah. I've been attracted to quite a few females physically, but not. I'm just like, oh, that chick's attractive. But if I talk to them, I've realized that I don't have any connection other than I think that they're attractive. And when it comes to dating for me, like I think, okay, when I first meet someone in the first month or two, it is month. Let's say month. Because I don't, you never know what situations are. Um, it's mostly infatuation at the yeah. beginning of a relationship. I clearly know the difference between when I have lust, when I have infatuation, and when I actually have feelings for someone. And I think we are a society that wants to cling to feelings so heavily, mm. cling, cling to something that resonates with us so heavily that we're, we jump. We jump very fast and... Religion and worship are something that, in the creation of man, I believe that we were we have always desired to worship something higher than us. So when we go deep into these realms, it's not surprising that we get caught up and we get into cult-like behaviors and we get caught up in weird shit is because instead of sitting down and going deeper and digging beyond twin flame to go way, way deep, you can end up in conspiracy theories and just find yourself in a, a plethora of shit. <laughs> But oftentimes, <laughs> operate off of, I'm saying, human feelings. Whereas in operating from your mind, body, soul, spirit is completely different. When it resonates with every single part of you, that's when you know it's truth for you. And it always comes down to like simple, like you get told to like trust your gut, what your conscience tell you kind of a thing. And it yeah. seems, <clears throat> I always took it like the twin flame, woo woo, spiritual stuff was just trying to understand how to listen to yourself and trust it right yeah and trust and, and the thing is people think that you just have to trust one thing yes trusting your gut is important but you have to trust your gut your mind your soul and your body all those things are intertwined 
they're just separate right now because we've separated them. You have no need to separate them because they coexist in one unit. So why separate them when it comes down to breaking things down? Why say, well, let's just feel it with your gut, but also feel it with your mind and feel it with your heart because those two things are important. Your gut says one thing, but your heart says a different thing and your mind says a different thing. All those three things combined together can give you something logical so you don't make dumb decisions. See, that's next level Kung Fu. That's like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon type stuff where you're walking on water and like on the sword's edge when you're like, oh no, (laughs) that's from your mind. That's from your heart. Like, I guess I'm still trying to like focus in on what is the voice, right? Like what is the influence? And then to like separate it into those different emotions and parts that make you a person, um, that would be next level. That would be next level too. And I think that's something we'll always differentiate because I feel like the voice as much as it is an advocate for what you need to say and what your words are going to say I for one know for me in my situation that I don't always I can't always articulate what my brain or my heart or my stomach feels so oftentimes Uh... yes it's so important to know what the voice is going to say but like you said earlier about music it's it's not touchable There's a lot of things that are so untouchable that we're like, oh, how do we grasp it? Like the concept of memory is not even in the mind or the consciousness. It goes beyond our bodies. No one, Mm. scientists don't have any, they have no clue of where the freak we store memory. (laughs) That's mind boggling to me. (laughs) I had not heard that. That's kind of interesting. I heard it for the first time reading this book called Astrodynamics. And I was like, Literally, was the first page, and I was like, "What the hell?" You should fucking this. I can't do this for three hundred pages. Right? I was like, "Oh <laughs> shit!" Because I love to learn, so I'm like, when I see stuff like that, I'm just like, "Damn right. it, damn it, not again!" Yeah. Now I gotta recircuit this entire brain of mine. <laughs> so, awesome. but yeah. Page. I mean, I, dude, I tried to get you out of here like five minutes ago, man. I'd so... I know. We're going we're gonna to get out of here. We're going to talk. We're going to talk more. Dude, yeah. I so appreciate your time. Definitely a follower. Definitely a fan. Um, love the vibe. Love what you're about, man. Best of luck to you going forward. Me too. Forward. I love your vibe too. Thank you so much. I look forward to chatting on a personal level after this. Yeah. Anytime, man. Anytime. Yes. All well, right. have a good rest of your night. Safe rest. Happy Jeep cleaning. <laughs> Thank you. What, what kind of Jeep? What kind of Jeep? What year? Uh, to, it was one of the first times I splurged 2018. I, I bought a Jeep that had, that had heat, which was a big come up. For oh me. shit. Yeah, man. Is it a Wrangler? Yeah. Four door. My daughter loves That's it my, to be honest with you. I would either like a Wrangler, like an old school Wrangler, like <clears throat> the original Wranglers mm-hmm. or a G3. I grew up in a shop. So I'm like, I know what cars I want. Okay. Yeah, people, it's funny, man, when people get like, they, they got their model. They just, I, it, yeah. it, it's almost like home cooking to them. Right, exactly. That's the only thing I have models for. So, right. see, we can also go down more. We are spider webbing ourselves. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that label. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it's been a pleasure. I'm going to go record some demos. Yeah, go crush it, man. Go crush it. Can't wait to hear it. it. Yes. All right. We'll talk to you later. Thank you so much. Nice. Bye. On the subject I like most. Huge thanks to Paige for coming on the Getting to Know You pod, giving up so much of her time, sharing some great stories, coming through with the late night energy. Thank you so much, Paige. 
best to you going forward. Love your music. Keep grinding, girl. Thanks to Andre Psyche for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. Search up Andre Psyche on social media. Give him a follow just for the fuck of it. If you haven't already, please friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod while you're at it. Go ahead, get on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook right now and post the word of the pod. What's the word of the pod? Falsetto. Falsetto. I feel like I should be saying that in a higher voice. Falsetto is the word of the pod. I don't even know if that was a falsetto, to be honest with you. Post that word on any of our social media or tag the Getting to Know You pod when you use it on yours to get a shout out on our very next podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review the Getting to Know You pod on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. Also, don't forget, probably more importantly, please go to our Patreon, support the Getting to Know You pod for as little as $2 a month if you've enjoyed getting to know today's guests or any of our other guests. And finally, if you or someone you know would like to become a sponsor of or advertise on the Getting to Know You pod, we would love to partner with you. We have a wide-ranging global audience that would like to get to know more about your brand or business. How does it happen? All you do is message us. See you later, alligator.